0: everybody, this is Palmer, uh, hosting the as yet untitled podcast with my good buddy Dave. Hello, hello. Uh, hey, Dave, how's it going, man? Very well. Uh, I'm broadcasting here from good old Dayton, Ohio. Podcasting, sir. But yes. <laughs> oh, broadcast. What do I say, broadcast? <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and I got broads. I got yeah, oh. <laughs> broads on the mind. Broads on the mind. No. And I'm uh, podcasting from Dayton, Ohio. Yeah. And I'm uh, doing so as well, um, simultaneously,
1: but across uh, the country a little bit, from Northfield, Minnesota.
0: Northfield, Minnesota. Don't you know? Is that a (laughs) don't you know state? I mean, pretty close, yeah. 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 And Palmer and I are Uh, both from uh, Northeast Ohio, so... um, Yeah, isn't that crazy? We started out in this like teeny tiny town. It's about 7,500 people when it's wet. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. I never heard that before. I totally made that up on the spot. It fit though, right? Because it's just this tiny town, right? Yeah. So it's about seventy five hundred people. About twenty minutes southwest of Akron, uh, for reference there, and uh, graduated with like eighty five people. That's how (laughs) small it is. (laughs) It was. I
1: remember. I feel I could be wrong about this, but I think it was technically population wise a village at some point when I was younger. Or is that just yeah. because they call well, it uh, exempted well, village
0: or something like that? It's still an exempted village, but that which What's that, that has to do with um, it, it's something that when we became a state, when Ohio became a state, you got some special exemption in the taxes that if you once you hit a certain population, you could change it. Uh, if I, I'm probably totally butchering this, but I, we I talked about you know it in, any my, of it. in my school finance class, <laughs> but like the towns had a chance to like not switch over and then they, they would stay exempted. So that's where the exempted village comes from. But hmm. I mean, we're definitely like tiny, like less than 10,000 people, tiny. Um, and we, uh, we really didn't, you had already graduated high school because think- you graduated two years ahead of me.
1: Oh, okay. So and were we were we in high school at the same time ever? We would have been. Yeah, with that. like when I was a freshman, oh.
0: you were a junior, is that right?
1: Oh man, so you were <laughs> and that was a small school. So you would have been possibly like have seen posters for those movies I was making and Oh stuff. yeah.
0: No, I remember. <laughs> oh, that's I remember funny. I didn't realize uh, that. uh my freshman year at the during the morning <laughs> announcements cuz we had like the video morning oh, yes, announcements. Yes. <laughs> You had the it was close to Halloween and you had the commercial that played on the morning <laughs> announcements. Yeah. And we had to pre order. So I remember pre-ordering. You
1: pre ordered that?
0: Oh, I pre-ordered. Oh, and then I, I remember like, them off to your house. I mean, I was
1: so scared of seeing like people. That was my thing is I dropped them off, I think, on Halloween, but I just like a paper boy. <laughs> but I didn't No, <laughs> I didn't know. No, because
0: this is what you did. You like went you had a bunch of at the school and we could pick them up and cool. I, re, or maybe you took the pre-orders at the school, but I remember paying for it. And I was like, I'm really excited for this. And you were like, Oh yeah, I hope you like it. And we were, we didn't even know each other then, yeah. but we had a Halloween party with the like group of friends that I was running around with then. And what? that's what we watched. We watched oh your, God. your movie. Like,
1: yeah. So I meant happened. just for that a blows my mind. <laughs> so, but also, uh, for anyone that might hear this someday, <laughs> when I was a teenager, um, uh, I, The the Crow came out starring Brandon Lee, and I was a big fan of Bruce Lee, and thus Brandon Lee, and then became obsessed with the graphic novel on which that was based, so much so that I made a, my own home video version of it um, with my buddy, and we... Made it available to our high school
0: in this way, as Palmer was just mentioning. And, and then you, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah it, God, where to go from there. But it, well, it, you <laughs> did the like school version that was okay to sell at the school. And then it's you, true. like, did the updated version that wasn't okay to sell at the school. And I got <laughs> that, that, that one too. But, <laughs> but by that point in time, because you made that after you were out of high school, right? Yeah,
1: I, I finished. So the v- first version, uh, I remember. giving people the orders on Halloween of 1995 and then by by Halloween of 1998 is when I had finished um kind of my reworked version taking the best bits of that and learning a little bit more about movie making and getting old enough to put in um all of the gritty shit that goes on in that book yeah
0: (laughs) I I just remember like oh man like uh Cause we were friends definitely by that point. Cause I remember getting the copy of the updated version and like being, so like you graduated and then it was my, it was the summer between my junior and senior year. At that point I was hanging out with the cabin people. I was going out to the cabin. We should probably explain what that is too, I guess. Yeah. At least briefly, <laughs> which was just like this, you know, so in our town you either like drank on the weekends or you didn't drink and just about everybody drank except for this, like, group of friends that I ended up finding. Like, my my first group of friends that I totally did that scene and I partied out and I did not like what I was becoming. And it was like this perfect time in between my junior and senior year that I started hanging out with uh, – this group of people at this small cabin, literally in the middle of a cow pasture. <laughs> uh, Cause if you know that part of Ohio, that's pretty much all there is. There's more cow pasture than anything else. And there's this small little like eight by 10 cabin that we would go out to on Friday nights and play music and sit around a fire and BS and just like talk about everything and just about everybody had just graduated like David already graduated. And then they're like the major contingent of the cabin, the cabin kids were had just graduated. And then I was in this, like there was even a couple that were younger than me, but I was just moving into my senior year and, uh, yeah, that's when we really and I remember even thinking like, oh my gosh, Dave Allman like goes out there and like <laughs>
1: Jesus, He made the He so made nice. the crow. Oh, this yeah, is like gonna be guy, like guy's got There was problems. so many
0: like No, there were so many like creative people in that group and it was just so intimidating and uh really were this like group of people that I think that's every click in high school, though, where you're like, Yeah, if you're not, you're like, uh, (laughs) Nobody knows, nobody knows about us, or we're just like on the outskirts. But then when you're outside of it, it's like, Oh, everybody knows about that group of people, or or these groups of people. And yeah, to really be included in that and that creativity and everything, and that that really we we became really good friends through the cabin, I think. I think that's really yeah. where it started to take off. And I I remember thinking like everybody in that group was making something they were either learning how to like play instruments or you guys were starting on the Steve album, which was another one. That was actually like,
1: post cabin. Um, yeah, that, that was kind of a we didn't have the because the cabin was this like standing date on Fridays. You didn't have to call around and see where you're. Your buddies are gonna be you knew that everybody's gonna eventually end up out there, so if you just went there, you'd see folks, but I think uh after maybe like a year or two, I feel like maybe only one year it was in nineteen ninety nine ish where the guy <laughs> there were two guys that were one in particular was not a part of the what not initially a part of the um group of friends. He had kind of originated the thing. He had built it. And then I, yeah. there's a whole other version of the story where it's like we all descended on his, this guy's, like... So, you know, yeah, his, his, uh, that's really you true. We're, uh, what were you called that? Like a respite or something. And we kind of came in and took it over. And so, at a, I mean, hopefully he didn't feel that way. But at a certain point, he's like, I'm going to stop coming out here and you guys should too. And then we... Yep. Ever since then, I think the, the that group of people, to some extent or another, have tried to find ways of... Uh, keeping in touch and making, at least particularly in my case, making things uh, together. And that's a big part of what we're doing right now, I think, too. Yeah,
0: no, absolutely. Well, and I mean, what's funny is, is, you know, all of those, all those cabin kids. And we talked about this the last time we hung out a, a couple of weeks ago, or it's like we can go two years and not really touch base and not really talk, like maybe random text messages or phone conversations every now and then. But then you get like face to face and it's like no, no, that. I mean, they say that that's like, a, I guess that's kind of a cliche, like true friends, you know, is like, it's, you never, you never feel the time apart when you're together. Oh I guess. yeah. That's nice. You know yeah. what I mean? So like, um, but you, you know, through that, that's where I was like, I I kept seeing like all this creation and all this creativity. And I was like, man, I want to get in on this. And I didn't play instruments. I sang poorly. Uh,
1: Not that poorly.
0: I've
1: heard a a lot of recordings from the time. And um, uh, (laughs) I I eventually went on to be, uh, you know, at least a semi-professional musician. And the I did not sing well either. Nobody particularly sang well. But yeah, but okay, we that's all, probably more fair. All, yeah. We all uh encouraged
0: each other and it was great fun to do. But I absolutely enjoyed your singing. <laughs> but at the time now see, now this is where this is the long walk for a short drink, because now we're coming right back to the crow. So you were still working you were working <laughs> yeah, were. on Oh, that's right. You needed to get time, you needed to get access to Better uh, editing
1: equipment. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Equipment that you could get this off the ground and get this done. And through that, that's how you got the job at the public access channel.
1: Yeah. I would go in there to, uh, edit. Um, and I had so much to do that, uh, I, I got to a point where they knew me and then I asked if I could start coming in like right before they closed and then just work through the night. And, uh, and then eventually just being around cause I would do that at least like five days a week i guess and uh they had it was a tiny staff um there was an opening and uh i i don't remember if i i might have just asked offhand like could i apply or i don't know but it was they knew me and they knew i was capable of doing things and uh, not you know they trusted me enough to have me work there overnight and they were were just like yes and then i had that job was my first wasn't my first job my first job was a video store like all movie geeks but um (laughs) that was my second job. (laughs) awesome Um, Uh. but um yeah so i the way that uh cable access centers you know work is that the money comes from some kind of uh you know tax for the cities and stuff and that that town wadsworth had they had their own cable yeah, it was much more competitive in rates to Time Warner and it was kind of interesting. But but they had this wonderful uh facility and you could anybody could kind of go in there and make they they still do, I shouldn't say they did, they still do. Um and you could go in there and make uh make your make your show whatever you wanted it to be, so long as it wasn't a for profit type thing.
0: That was like the greatest part about that is like you just had to go in with an idea and like they would they would make that idea happen, which was I yeah. thought was awesome. Like you'd just be <laughs> yeah. like I just want to do a show about this. Okay, uh, so we'll have staff here. We'll get you on the schedule. Like, we'll hammer it out, you know, like kind of like what we're doing with the podcast where it could grow as an organic thing. But I remember mm-hmm. asking you, I was like, when I found out about all that, I was like, oh, can I do a show? And you were like, yeah, come over. Come on out. We'll do a show. We'll figure <laughs> it out. What would, you, what would you want to do? And I was like, and I remember, again, like the name came first, Palmer's Picks. That's what it's yes. going to be.
1: Yes. Oh, I so, like,
0: show. Oh man! So that's what that was like our first like major just us project, right? Was Palmer's yeah. Picks? So, yeah, because
1: I I would have just I mean it could have been anybody off the street, and at the time I didn't know you all that well. But that's that yeah. was a real that's been a kind of a, a hallmark or sort of a constant <laughs> in my life is getting close to people through making stuff together. Yeah. Um, so but, that's you know.
0: what we did. Palmer's Picks me, and that was a great show. So I worked at the time. Uh, like all video geeks, <laughs> I had a job at a video store. I worked for Hollywood Video. I was the youngest key holder in the company at the time. I was 17 years old. Like nationwide, or, or yeah, just like like in my district manager, he like came to me and he when they gave me my keys, they were like, "You're the you're the youngest we've ever made a key holder, and right now you're the youngest." key holder, like any kind of management in the company. Cause I was only 17 wow. years old and I had just turned 17. So, oh my God. uh, so, but I had the, this resource where I could rent as many old movies as I wanted to. Oh, so
1: couldn't be new releases. Oh, I forgot yeah, that. Yeah.
0: I had to ask permission That's for important. new releases. Yeah. Like my, my boss was pretty cool about like, if I had to rent a new release, uh, my boss was pretty cool about letting me do that. Um, but I could get any of the catalog movies as many, and I could rent stacks at a time if I wanted to. Oh, wow. And uh, that's, that's kind of is what organically led to the idea of Palmer's Picks, where we weren't going to review new movies. We would bring on a guest. That was like the crucial part of Palmer's Picks. And the guest would pick three of their favorite movies. And then I would watch those. Yeah, like total (laughs) total library (laughs) titles. Yeah. Or free for you. (laughs) And then I would watch those. And then we would talk about them when they would come on. And if I liked them, I would deem them a Palmer's pick. And if not, they weren't a Palmer's pick. More more times than not, they ended up being Palmer's picks. There was a few that did not... uh, (laughs) But, Some notable exceptions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but man, that was a fun time, and I think that really solidified our friendship. Like, mm-hmm. like through the creation of that that show. Um, and I would come on every
1: so often for what we termed like a special ed show, whether it was a themed show, like we did uh, the Kevin Smith's Jersey Trilogy, which all that yep. existed at the time were the three of his first films. I remember we did three Mel Brooks movies. Oh, Mel, Brooks. Um, Mel Brooks I'm trying to remember Oh we did several Because uh, it was 1999 And Star Wars came out So we did a kind of A pre and post uh,
0: Episode 1 Kind of yeah, ra- round table I type would thing. I would be interested To go back And talk about episode 1 Or, or to watch that episode About <laughs> episode 1 And see like What our feelings were About it Now that Because <laughs> I, I I don't I don't I I pretend like they don't exist. That- <laughs> it's
1: uh, I've seen the I've seen the episodes, um, not the Star Wars episodes, but the Palmer's Picks episodes in the last year. I last summer around this time I was uh, digitizing them, and uh, so I watched the run and, um, yeah, there's I I really enjoyed the whole whole thing honestly because it was also just a, it was most all of our close friends were on as a guest at some point and I think yeah. they were. Um, At least like thirty shows, or close to that. Um, Yeah, but yeah, there was that, and then when the the, I mean, we're trying to kind of recruit guests from the community uh, that would could see the show in Wadsworth, um, and that just never quite. uh, You know, I wonder what it would be like nowadays. It was because the internet wasn't and social media and stuff. There wasn't ways to get traction in the same way there is
0: now. I mean, I could just imagine just even with. What a difference Facebook would have made! Yeah, for for Palmer's picks, Uh, I think it would have been a lot easier to solicit the uh, because, I mean, we used our friends out of necessity. You know, we the guest was like (laughs) the the linchpin
1: from forcing my siblings into my little movies to yeah and
0: right now (laughs) uh, we needed those guests and we knew our friends were willing, like they had no problems. Luckily, they were so used to having cameras in their That's faces right. in one form or another, and yeah. uh, they, you know, they all had. And what was great was they. It was a really eclectic, like a, a, a diverse selection of films that were brought on through our friends. You would have thought it would have been the same three movies over and over and over again. Yeah, but it's surprising it, it wasn't. wasn't
1: because yeah. I think because of the way that it was set up with like your favorite movies. And yeah, I don't even know how aware folks were of other people's because I don't, you know, we didn't live in Wadsworth. I don't think our friends were watching the show.
0: No. They would have no, only they... seen
1: their own. Well, they no, even that. <laughs> Eventually we gave them copies, but I don't think there was any awareness of other people's picks.
0: Yeah, which was great. Yeah. I I don't, And I don't think there was ever, there may be a couple times I think somebody would say, oh, I want to do this. And I'd be like, oh, we already did that one. Oh okay, no problem. And even we did that like one random like audio version for yeah. Sarah Star, like at her. Was that's that Sarah right. Star?
1: Um, or, 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 or it was also, uh, um, oh I guess, is Kevin is his yeah. name?
0: Uh, yes, that's right. Thank you. And He had
1: good picks. I have. That and we someplace. did his.
0: That's going to be an
1: addendum to the.
0: <laughs> that's going to happen. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's. I mean, I like that. I. Like, my creative process is weird because I don't, I always am inspired. So that inspires me to like create something. I'll find something that I like and I'm like, oh, let's do that. And, you know, like WPLMR, the original like iterations of those were. I was inspired by, like, your guys' mix CDs. And oh, wow. And I always wanted, like, take it up a notch, you know? So that, like, I had grown up listening to radio, and I thought, well, let's do, like, a radio-style mix CD. Like, how cool would that be? And I kind of took some inspiration from... Uh, I really like the... Queens of the Stone Age album, "Songs for the Deaf," because that's like it's the it's a concept album that takes place like over a road trip. So he's like turning the dial, like oh, in between cool. the songs, he turns the dial and like you hear different like radio broadcasters, and then it will cut into one of their songs. But I like hear inspiration, and then that drives me on. All right, how can I build on that? And then I'm really weird with about names. Like I, I, I've always like started with the name of something or, and, or the logo for that. And I'm like, okay, uh, what would, uh, like what would fit into that, that name or that logo or that whatever, you know, that's always like the first, it's weird. That's like the first thing I figure out typically, but that's just my own creative process. Like, have you ever, uh, have you seen, what's the name of that movie? There was a movie that came out not too long ago, And it was literally inspired by the video covers that he was never allowed to rent when he was a kid. Oh, that
1: sounds awesome.
0: Yeah. Like the whole movie is like he would go to the video store and he would just walk through the horror section and he was never allowed to rent any of those movies. So he he just imagined just based on the cover, like what that movie was about and i have to see if i can find the name oh, of this yeah, movie. oh yeah i got i got to know that sounds so great it's so good and like i watched the movie and it's like so dis- it's disturbingly quiet you know like it's like really low key and really uh let me see if i Is can it called find this. VHS? I've seen that cover. No, i've i've watched those. Those are those are great. Uh i actually all three of those i really liked. And uh let's see here. <laughs> this would be the second thing I write down to <laughs> check out. Inspired. What was the first
1: thing already? The Queens of the Stone Age. I was very oh, fascinated yeah. by that. And I've always oh, been yeah. a little bit... I've been curious about that band. And um, because of all these podcasts I listen to, I hear these various people t- t- talk about their their life and their, and their work in a really fun way that makes me want to look into their work. But I hear that from so many different people that it's... I really need some kind of extra push to follow through. <laughs> so, But this, that's kind of, could be a nice thing about this is that, you know, might not get to check everything out, but we could report back on things that,
0: that kind of come up and are recommended. Wasn't allowed to rent. It was on. Oh, no. Oh, man. This is so good. So many awesome, like, box arts came up. I, I mean, from a young,
1: I, I, my brain retains very specific things that I don't feel like I really control. And my somewhat encyclopedic knowledge of movies, at least from a certain, uh, some, you know, say maybe, uh, I don't know, the early 80s through the late 90s especially, um, all of that, almost all of that comes from staring at box art in, in video stores. Because even before I worked in one, I was, I was just always obsessed with that. And when they started to change the artwork in, I'd say, the mid to late 90s to this really kind of just cut and paste people's faces and stuff, and it wasn't at all the evocative uh, type of covers that I'm sure this movie was inspired by. It was a big bummer, but I still I always picture the video box art when certain movies come to mind.
0: And I even buy them
1: for that box art to this day.
0: (laughs) Well, I mean like some of it was just so great. Like the, well, I mean like, did you finish the Canon films documentary? Yes. Oh, I love that. I, I mean, they made movies just based on like the promo poster, right? Right. Like they, they had nothing, but they were like, I'll just put this together. And they're like, this is our movie. And they would sell the distribution to that and then make, and then write the script. I mean, oh, that's so awesome. That was like Ed Wood. Um,
1: there's a scene in yeah. Ed Wood where the guy, <laughs> where he's going in there and he, he's trying to get a job. And the guy's like, well, here, I'll give you this. And he's like, is there a script? He's like, no, there's a poster. <laughs> it's like for um, what well, it turned out to be Glenn and Glenda. But I wrote down I just who,
0: it. what, when. Oh, what is it? It's Beyond the Black Rainbow. That's what it's called. Ooh. Here. Hang on. Let me, oh, uh, let me share. Rainbow. Share nice. screen. Can you see that?
1: Oh, yeah, I think the, so. Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: The, the IMD page, IMDb page. So, like, that, lo- like, and look at the cover. Like, doesn't it look like an 80s horror movie cover? And just it does, like, yeah. <laughs> that um, reminds me for some reason of that movie Cube, which I've never seen, but something oh, yeah, about Cube's good. Cube, that's, that's, that's it. Uh, let me find the Wikipedia for this. Because he talks about how plot, cast, development. As a child, uh, the director frequented a video store named Video Addict. During these trips, he would browse the horror film section, looking at the boxes, although he was not allowed to watch such films. (laughs) During such times, he would instead imagine what the film was. He would later reflect upon his experience when making Black Rainbow, where one of his goals was to create a film that is sort of an imagining of an old film that doesn't exist. So it's kind of like this throwback to what he imagined these movies that never that never existed. Like that's just crazy. Oh, I yeah. mean, that's what a great, great filmmaking process.
1: Yeah, I wonder. So, yeah, i would be curious watching it if it, like stuff kind of comes to mind. Of
0: you know, I'm sure I saw a lot of the same boxes. So <laughs> absolutely. Oh, I'm sure. Like I I I don't know. I love stuff like that. Like I love just like focusing on that and like. Not fitting to that, but just that letting that inspire, like, the directions that things go. Um, so that uh, here's the long walk for the short drink that I always do. Uh, so one of the things that I've been rolling around is, like, spoilers abound for a name. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, just because I know we're not going to, like... We're just <laughs> yeah. going to talk... We're just going to yeah. ruin <laughs> everything for, for everyone, so... And I'm okay with that. Like, I don't give a shit. Spoilers um, abound. I'm right in there. Spoilers abound, possibly. Uh, I like that.
1: Another thing, too, like with the names that just occurred to me is that if it's not the name of the show, it could be a name of segments. You know, Of segments. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Into certain segments.
0: Absolutely. Um, but, yeah, you know, this is going to be great. Man, I'm just so excited much. to be talking. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, there's wrote, so much to talk about and just like, uh good stuff. I wrote down, I just sat
1: that I was sitting today and I was like, I wrote down who, what, when, where, and why. And I thought if we could somehow address those questions, not with definitive in- answers, that would be okay. all we'd need to cover <laughs> to, to make it so that whatever we discuss could be something. Um, yeah. You've seen, I don't know, you're... There are a lot of lot of things I feel like you'll be able to ask me if I've seen and I won't, and I think that'll be fun and give me things I can go, you know, check out and then come back to you at. But I, I feel like we just we could get into really specific topics for shows, but I th- I think a lot of it too might be fun to some extent or at least a portion of it to just be like, hey, what what'd you do last week, <laughs> or you know, <laughs> or, or not yeah. what you do, but like you know what um, I don't know, kind of let things evolve naturally with the yeah. idea that you bring a couple things like, oh, i you know want to talk about this because i'm listening to salem's lot or whatever you know
0: oh man how's that going by the way pretty
1: good um i mean i've been, i enjoyed it i i i, I really like the guy reading it but i don't know his name because what i do is i rip them to the itunes so i can put them yeah. on my phone i get them from the library or something and do that so i don't think i have the guy's name but i like this performer a lot and i what did when i did his carry it was read by cc spacex so that was really fun
0: Oh, that one was great. I've I've listened to that version with Sissy Spacek because that's she does a great job. Of I mean, she played that character. Yeah, for, and that's then, so cool. <laughs> uh,
1: so
0: I Salem's try to cherry Lot.
1: pick like that when I can for these books that have been around a while to try to find, uh, especially if there's kind of movie time because I love to listen to the book and then watch the movie and have a text version around to reference and stuff. But
0: yeah, and there's like there's two versions of Salem's Lot on like. Both of them were made for TV. I think wasn't Donald Sutherland's in one of them. I think and oh. I think they did an update, or maybe I'm thinking of the The Shining. They did that updated version that was supposed to be true to Stephen King's novel.
1: There, I See, know there's one with Rob Lowe in it, and I don't know who's in the one from the '70s. Uh, but that one just came in uh, from Netflix today on DVD for me. The the one from the '70s.
0: Uh, of Salem's Lot
1: yeah and I saw the other one at my library with Rob Lowe but I was like I don't want to see that one first I love also the period of a lot of these things or just to kind of be immersed in the, the period so the idea that the film came from that time is appealing to me as well
0: yeah I'm, I'm almost 100% that's Donald Sutherland
1: Uh, General Snow What do they call him
0: In Hunger Games
1: <laughs> Something uh, Snow <laughs> uh, President Snow President Snow
0: <laughs> yes. yes Donald Sutherland Is just so amazing uh, David Soul, James Mason Oh James Mason
1: Yeah From yeah. like Lolita And uh, That's who I know From And He did a version Of Frankenstein He played a This weird Flamboyant character That's not in any other <laughs> Cinematic iteration.
0: It is not, there is no Donald Sutherland in there. I thought there was.
1: Probably a dude that seems like Donald Sutherland. Yeah. <laughs> a Donald, oh, S- Donald Sutherland
0: type. That story is just so brutal. It's like <laughs> unforgivingly brutal.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, I, I mean, he would talk about, I, part of what got me into starting with at the beginning of the catalog was reading or listening to Dance Macabre, which is that. Uh, study in horror where I had always heard it referred to as coming. he brings everything back to the archetypes of Dracula and Frankenstein and Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde which are three stories and um, just kind of topics and films uh, uh, based on those that I love so much that I've made you know versions of my own when I was a kid seven eight year old kid like making two versions of Frankenstein and two versions of (laughs) Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde uh, in the span of like two months but uh So I I was very interested in that. And then in that, he had written a few of those books like Carrie and Salem's Lot and maybe The Shining, too. So he would reference other horror and stuff, but he would often mention his own books. Oh, and then I read on writing. So I'd heard him talk about a lot of these, or write about these early works. And so I was really primed to dive in. And he talked about Salem's Lot as being... I hope I get this right. It's like, if Dracula happened in 1975 in like new England, but also some, some kind of like Stepford wife
0: or step the Stepford sort of
1: setting. Uh, that part yeah. might be getting wrong.
0: No, I think that's, I, I've, I've listened to dance macabre and on writing. Uh, and I, I that's a pretty, that's pretty accurate. I, I, I love how he writes a lot of the times he's like, what if this happened here? Or what if like, you know like the stand he equates to being his like lord of the rings where oh, it's like yeah. the the this like or the hobbit where it's this like cross country journey of this fellowship and what happens to them and um so i that comparison i think is is pretty i think i re- even remember him making that comparison like what if dracula happened now i i just remember i've i've tried to listen to that twice And I probably was not in the greatest state of mind either time, Mm. Uh, probably (laughs) an altered state of mind both times. Uh, So I remember making it through, but nothing really stuck. Like I remember making it so far, and then I, I just remember it being so remorseless. Like it's just so creepy, and kids die. You know, Stephen (laughs) King does it like. Has no problems breaking the, like, no no kids, no old people rule. Right. Um, <laughs> which, I guess in film, they have to follow that a little, you know, they're a little more stringent when you're writing a novel. You don't have to be. So, uh, he hit, does not pull any punches on that. Yeah. at cemetery being a great example Ooh, of I that.
1: Don't, spoiler. Spoilers abound. What was it? Spoilers.
0: <laughs> Spoilers abound. Yep. Is that what yep. it is? Spoilers abound. Yep. You never see you never seen Pet Cemetery. You no, haven't seen the movie version no, of Pet Cemetery. No, I can no? picture the video box. I can picture oh. the video
1: box playing in his day, uh particularly in Dairy Mart. I think it's Dairy Mart. It was on the yeah. outskirts of Rittman. Um yeah. and uh I always thought I was I was too young to know any better just based on the eyes of the person on the box. I always thought that was Mark Hamill. I always thought that was Luke Skywalker. I know it's it not. It does but. look it <laughs> does look like Mark Hamill though. I'll totally give you like, that. Like from oh, Empire. Man. Like he looks yeah. like he's on uh Uh, On Dagobah or something. Yeah. No, Uh, I'm right there with you. I'd seen The Shining because of Kubrick. Uh, Yeah. I had seen Carrie at some point later in life, like 18 or something. No, no, like early 20s when I moved down to, I remember moving to North Carolina and like not having a job and stuff at first and so renting certain movies. And I remember that's when I rented Carrie. That's when I rented Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, which, yeah. yeah, And I had not seen them before. And I actually think about that one a lot, but I am a little like, I was still a little scared of it. So I (laughs) haven't gone back to it.
0: (laughs) But I think about that one a lot like, oh, it's going to (laughs) happen. There's this amazing Jimmy Kimmel uh, segment where they were going down to South Carolina and they wanted to do an ad. Like they had a drawing for a local business where he would make the ad the tv commercial for the local business and this video store ended up winning and he brought matthew mcconaughey with him to make the like make the commercial they made like three commercials for this video store and in one of the commercials they bring up texas chainsaw massacre 3 which has matthew mcconaughey and renee zellweger right and renee (laughs) zellweger (laughs) he's like if i wanted to get this on vhs i could come right here to this video store (laughs) and it's amazing. amazing it's so good. And he's, like, holding the box art and, like, oh, it's so good. But,
1: uh oh, yeah. That's very cool. Yeah, so somehow I had not – I had seen almost no I, – I just was not familiar personally with any of the movies or books. And so I was like, oh, this is going to be great. And it has been so far. I'm pretty early in the that's process. That's awesome.
0: Uh That's so good. You have to – when you start, like, doing the Stephen King movies – I'm gonna tell you, Maximum Overdrive is like this is gonna make Maximum Overdrive better. Is like he made Maximum Overdrive. It's like the first one he directed that Stephen oh, King himself directed. I didn't know he did that, and he was like in the height of his Coke days when he directed it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and it makes the movie a mil- like I haven't even watched it in probably a decade, but just knowing that it made my memories of that movie better, and it was already like it was. One of those ones where, you know, I saw that when I was a kid, and it kind of stuck with me a little bit because the it's so, like the imagery in that is so effective, but yeah, just learning that that was at the height of his Coke days, I was just like, oh man, I gotta watch that movie again because yeah. that's awesome. So I
1: uh, I think part of what I was primed to is I uh, I don't remember why I'm trying to remember why I did this and I can't quite remember, but last year I did. Um, I started at the beginning with John Carpenter and I, I knew some of his movies, but not, not as many as you might think. Yeah. And, uh, and I really enjoy. I hated his first movie, the star something. I don't remember what it was. It's, it's hard to watch, but, but then like you get, I think the assault at precinct 13, all the way through, uh, they live. I just loved them all and, uh, had never seen a lot of them. Like I'd never seen the thing
0: yeah I, I just watched that the whole way through recently. That's tough for me some stuff some of the
1: kinds of grossness in that movie are not for me but <laughs> but yeah it was still it was really cool um I and I always, had always been curious about I want to say it's Prince of Darkness. he did it after big trouble in Little China but before they live it's like nineteen eighty seven yeah. and I loved big trouble and I still love big trouble in little China so much and uh a lot of the Asian actors from that movie are in Prince of Darkness. It's so like Egg Chen okay. and Wang. I fucking loved Wang as a kid. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I did. I didn't, when I was a kid, I didn't... You know, I was a real, like, Luke Skywalker instead of Han kind of kid. I identified with one more than the other. And so I liked Wang, the character of Wang. <laughs> I liked Wang. I liked the character of Wang. We know you liked Wang. <laughs> instead, because he was the martial arts guy or whatever. And now... Yeah. Now I feel... you know. I still like him, but I feel different. Anyway, so I saw Prince of darkness and was not as uh taken with it as some of the others but it was just fun to watch the progression of uh that guy's career and fun to see that era in films from you know the early 80s i guess it's really the 80s the ones i was watching but anyway so i'm kind of in that mode still now kind of in the mid 70s
0: with stephen king uh and yeah i've been enjoying it i uh it, that's so funny because I. They Live is probably my favorite John Carpenter. I love everything about that. I love the subverse like the hidden agenda that's in that, and all that stuff is good. That's that kind of story is like right up my alley. And I have tried multiple times as an adult. I remember watching Big Trouble in Little China when I was a kid, and I know that was like a big movie for you. And there was a couple other cabin kids that really liked that a lot, and. Uh, I tried it as an adult a couple times to like sit down and watch it and it's still good and it's hilarious and I mean Kurt Russell is just absolutely fantastic in that. But I just recently saw this Reddit debate that really made me pinpoint why I was having so much trouble because like... He's not the hero like Kurt Russell's not the hero in the movie at all. Like, yeah, even though, it, yeah, he's, he's just a big idiot who just screws everything up and he thinks he's the hero and like <laughs> and he's not at all the hero. And I'm like, what? I, I just could not wrap my head around that kind of storytelling where I was like, no, that's. Because at the beginning, even who's the like the old Asian guy that's at the beginning, where he's like, "You don't speak ill of Jack Burton. That man yeah. is a hero." You and leave like, leave
1: him alone. That's yeah, Egg Shen. Yeah.
0: I don't know the actor's
1: name, but, and he has yeah. that magic with between his hands.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, why would it, if if the whole movie everybody knows that Jack Burton's not the hero? Why would it start out with him saying like, "You leave him alone," and you li-, oh, like, oh, you know what's funny?
1: I, I I don't let me derail you too much from the Reddit. Maybe this is in the Reddit, but. Um, When I was listening to the commentaries and stuff for it recently, that scene at the beginning was added because like after the fact, but they, they, I think the studio had the same problem that they didn't, they exactly the same problem as yours. So they felt like, well, we need to build this guy up as the hero and not try to. And and because of that, yeah, it, it might not connect for.
0: <laughs> it did, and that's literally what ruins the movie for. It was ruining the movie. Now I need to just skip that scene and just go right into where he's like, because like right after that, it cuts to like him on the CB. He's like, oh, Jack Burton. I'll tell you what Jack Burton would do. Yeah, and it's it, like just being awesome, Kurt Russell. Ugh.
1: Oh, there that whole thing too. I didn't know, and uh, now that having. Learned it. I I see it now in the performances, but in certain of the those movies, he was um, always doing um, Kurt Russell's kind of imitating somebody else. Right, right. So I think the first movie they did together was Elvis, which I also never seen, which was pretty cool. And then, uh, and then after that, Escape from New York, which they wanted uh, their studio, whomever wanted um, Clint Eastwood and Lee Van Cleef to be in it. So Lee Van Cleef is in it. Clint Eastwood right. is not. Um, Because those guys were paired together in a lot of the Sergio Leone movies from um, the 60s, which I also really liked um, as a kid. In fact, weird aside, I've been going through a lot of these old VHSs of mine and preserving them. I was really into those movies for a a period in particular, and I didn't really have an outlet, (laughs) so I couldn't just make my own. Uh, spaghetti Western, so I did some kind of improvisation. I'll send you the link, because I exists now. I go, I went out, and there's a wiffle ball game going on with my brother and his buddies, Adam and Brody, and then I come in with this, like, f- makeshift poncho, try, trying to be like Clint Eastwood <laughs> in those movies, and there's, like, yes! these tight shots of, like, my sister up in a tree, like, cutting away this tight close-up of her, of, like, oh, no, the man with no name is here. <laughs> but the... <laughs> And then there's this, it goes on like that, and I kind of step up to the plate and I'm like, baby, pointing and hitting whiffle balls. And, oh, uh, but
0: that's it's, so awesome. But at
1: some point, like, I just do that a little bit, and there's close ups, and then I just go and shoot everybody with this rifle. <laughs> it's the most <laughs> disturbing thing to see as an adult. That's I spectacular. Mean, Are you kidding me? That's so awesome. It was really disturbing. Like, and uh, not, I mean, it's funny, but disturbing. Oh, um, that's great. Oh, and then no, I made a. I made an uh I was also so into those movies that uh w- Jackson and I did one called uh, Die and Breed which stole the the first opening screen um from a for a few dollars more which is the first one they were in together Clint Eastwood and would Van Cleef. Sorry, this is I also really specialize in the <laughs> long walk for a short drink. Oh I yeah, use, no. I tried to use that phrase cuz you t- had used it when I saw you recently and I kept screwing it up. So I'm glad to you remind me. But yeah. So, yeah, Jackson and I did a version of, like, that that story of that Western kind of married with certain, certain, like, Van Damme-type elements. and I But I used that opening screen where it's, like, where life had no value, something. This is where the bounty killers came about, and we stole some kind of blocking from some of those scenes. But anyway, so John Carpenter <laughs> was put on this movie where they wanted Clint Eastwood and Lee Van Cleef, only got Lee Van Cleef. So when Kurt Russell stepped in... I don't know whose idea it was, but essentially he does a clean Eastwood accent as Snake Bliskin.
0: That makes so much sense, though.
1: Yeah. If you see, like once I learned that and I saw it again, I was like, oh, yeah. He's like, call me Snake and everything. Oh, Uh,
0: I like like Escape from New York a lot. And actually, for all its kitschiness, Escape from L.A. is pretty good, too. Uh,
1: Oh, yeah. I I didn't quite get that far in the chronology, but I remember when that came out. Uh, Yeah. I should try that one. I'm up to uh, it, something about Memoirs of an Invisible Man for John Carpenter, and that's where I was like, ah, shit, I just couldn't quite bring myself to John watch Carpenter that one. John Carpenter
0: directed that? Memoirs of an Invisible yeah. Man with Chevy Chase? Yeah. Should, is that any good? Uh, should I watch
1: that?
0: Yeah, you should watch that. That's spectacular. <laughs> oh, good, good. Oh, man, that's like, man, yeah, this is like the movie track for our childhood. That's what this is going to end up being. I can feel it. Like, oh, I, I like gonna, it,
1: though.
0: <laughs> I don't know what you would call that. Not instead of a soundtrack, I guess. But oh, right, yeah, I had, I had thought of a
1: name somewhere in the middle of it. Oh, the long walk for a short drink could definitely be a segment. <laughs> <laughs> Or a drinking game.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> or a drinking game, yeah. We could totally do that. Um, uh, you're not allowed to drink. You, you have to finish a beer until once get, we finish the story. Right,
1: by the time I get back around. Um, so to so try to bring it full circle, then the next one, the next movie they did together, I think, was Big Trouble in Little China. And he, he's doing John Wayne in that movie. Uh, okay. Which, once you know that, you can kind of see it. Absolutely. Uh, and it, the, thing it, it, I, the thing is somebody, yeah. too, but I don't remember who. That was the last one, I think, with that. and actually it might have been the last time they worked
0: together, possibly. But So what's your take on the end of the thing? Is he oh, infected or not infected? God.
1: I just saw it once, and I'm trying to... You know, I, I, I'm a. I guess I'm embarrassed to admit this, but things like that don't really occur to me. <laughs> I never try they to. They don't out occur a movie. to me
0: either. That's that's what's going to be awesome <laughs> about this. This is going to be spectacular. This is why I will need Ugh. guests, I think.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or or things to refer to or quote. Yeah, I, I I never. I don't know. I,
0: things just wash over me, and I was like, "Well, I enjoyed that." <laughs> <laughs> and it's over. There's the credits. There's, yeah. <laughs> and I'm done with this now. No, like. I run across i so many times. I will run across a debate online, like something happening online, or uh, I read a lot of cracked articles on Cracked.com, and they'll talk about stuff. And like the ending to the thing, you would be amazed how many times that comes up. Like that's like that's a that's a big debate. And yeah, I've uh, heard it a lot. I don't know. I do you have I, don't know. I think opinion. I think everybody was effed at the end of that. Like I think it was. everybody had it everybody had it it was all it got passed around everybody had it and they were going I mean I'm sure there's people if this makes it onto an episode like that will want to debate that but I'd have to watch it again like you I've only seen it like really seen it in my adult brain once so it would be that would be a good one maybe we could like one segment could be like assignments like okay we need to watch at some point we need to watch this and come back to this
1: yeah yeah you know and i like that too from like things that you mention or, or um yeah there's those kinds of things we could revisit whether that's a an old palmer's picks thing i'd love to find a way to integrate that now and again um even oh, if absolutely. it's like only every so many episodes or something but uh right so let's um <clears throat> let's keep with the the chronology i think that might be you know in terms of like a comic book you know it's every comic book somebody's first comic book as they say but uh yeah you know there's always the first episode that is the uh origin story as it were (laughs) um so i think maybe we'll get out of the before we got too many names and forgot too many people (laughs) um yeah transition maybe to uh the next thing which would have been mind of philip so
0: mind of philip yeah so after after palmer's picks like fell apart (laughs) Because we could not we ran out of friends, which I mean, (laughs) respectively, though, like we had a great run, like 30 episodes, 30 ish episodes. That's pretty good, considering the bulk of the people we brought on were our friends. And so we got our 30 episodes and we just could not solicit outside people, which was frustrating. Like, I, I mean, you're an independent artist, so I'm sure you run into this, too. I mean, hindsight, like after the fact, after, you know, Palmer's Picks was dead, I worked for another video store and like two or three people while I was working there. And that one happened to be in Wadsworth. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The other one was in Worcester, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they would come into the Wadsworth store and they would be like, oh, you're the guy that used to do the show on WCTV. Oh, yeah. Ah, Yeah. I love that show. How come you know and like my response was always like bitter and angry? Like, how come you never emailed me? You could have come on and had your own episode. Yeah. It wasn't like thank you. I it know. wasn't like, oh, I'm glad you liked it. <laughs> I never said those things. It was always like, you should have cut, you should have emailed me.
1: <laughs> Just was, like I totally understand that response. But like, like it, <laughs> bitter and
0: angry. <laughs> like, I really liked that show too. You know why it died? Because you never emailed me.
1: Oh, man. Oh. I was just thinking too. I mean, we were, uh, we would have been, uh, I would have been 20. So, how old you would have been? Uh, 18? Yeah, right? yeah,
0: yeah, that sounds right.
1: Wow. Cause just, um, cause now, um, you know, a lot of those, even though I don't see those people uh, from that time, it's very rare. But yeah. um, I still think of them as fondly and as, as my friends, and I don't have that many... If we were to do this that show now, I would have a tough time bringing on too many different people, but there'd be enough, you know? And then now, you know, my younger brother... Eventually, like you know, he would come on now and his buddies and all that stuff. We could oh yeah, started
0: up. Again. I'm sure we could. I'm sure we could like do a like a, a Palmer's Picks revival. Maybe that'll let's see. Let's get the podcast off the ground and maybe we'll yeah. talk about like doing a, a Palmer's Picks revival. I just I want to totally, go back to '99. I know. Listen, '99 was like a great year for film. Oh, that's and right. Not, not just. Well, I mean. In part because of Palmer's picks,
1: but (laughs) I remember you've long, I remember you saying that. I remember you saying that for a long time. For me, I think the year that I return to the most often in my head, in terms of like there's so many great things I loved to come out of one year, was '94.
0: We should talk about that
1: in in depth at some point. Those those years, (laughs) yeah. If
0: you well, we'll have to do a side by side comparison because you can bring up all the film all the domestic film releases for the year on Wikipedia. And I've, I've gotten into this debate with people and I'll bring up the 1999 year and they scroll through and they're like, yeah, that was a great year. And I don't just mean like for stuff that I loved, it was like a critical and box office, just like everything was good that year. I feel like that was like, I feel like that was the year Mm. that Hollywood's been trying to redo in this, like, modern era ah. that's just, like, fed into the reboots. They, they could never achieve that 99. And so they've been <laughs> – they just, like, defaulted back. Now they're in – I mean, we're slowly progressing into the 90s franchises now. Oh, and, yeah. uh, you know, by 2020, we'll start reviving the 2000 franchises, which that those are just the 80s franchises. So, it, like – we need to get out of like Hollywood needs to get out of that shit. It's but, funny they. I mean, if you think about it, or I, I, the the rebooting or remaking
1: is not, it's not that new a thing. It's just that now everything is so like available, and you know it used to be. Yeah, I mean, like I think Hitchcock remade his own movies to some extent. Uh, oh, but that's like, fair. They yeah. wait a few years and 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 make them, but at that time there was no secondary market, so it was all theatrical stuff. But, um. But yeah, you know, it's in the, I heard this thing about uh, 20, the 20... I think it's 20 years. 20 years is the, is the sort of tipping point for nostalgia. And it really hit me in terms of my own age when um, somebody pointed out uh, that the show The Wonder Years... Do you remember that show? Did you watch Oh, yeah. yeah. So they said... When I heard this, too, because now it's been a little while even since then, they said, basically, if you were to make The Wonder Years now... In terms of to to have the same distance in time back in time for the perspective, you would have to make it about the '90s, and I was just like, "Whoa, Whoa. <laughs> um, that's so it, true." Yeah. So, and it's so because yeah, that all was that was even even like late
0: the, '80s, right? Like, wasn't that like uh, the mid to late uh, '80s? I, th- when I think that was it
1: going was. On? Oh, when it when that show was out, yeah, I think that yeah. was the late '80s, and I think it was about the was it the mid '60s maybe starting. It must yeah, have been in, early the, se- in early
0: in early seventies.
1: Yeah, but that yeah. So that whole thing about the nostalgia in the twenty years. Now I'm a I'm a profoundly nostalgic person, anyways. So I mean I'm nostalgic sure. for the when we first started talking. So, but the that idea of uh, that like honest, to good or it, like kicks in for everyone else. <laughs> that twenty year thing. I was like, oh, that makes sense from certain things that we're seeing, and but. Uh, Anyway, speaking of nostalgia, let's let's keep on trucking through our own um, personal. We keep uh, getting on sidebars. I think that will be the uh, (laughs) the uh, the main reoccurring theme of the show. (laughs) Sidebar. Just call it sidebar. I'm writing that. (laughs) There's there's a good name. Sidebar. Sidebar.
0: Um, I don't know. I like long walk for a short drink. Oh yeah. As a name, like that's pretty good. Um, All right. (laughs) So WP or WPLMR. So Palmer's picks like fell apart, right? <laughs>
1: it's so we, sad when you put it that way. Maybe no. just uh, uh, I don't know how else to say it. I guess, but I never think of it like that. I always no. forget the bitter part. It of just
0: it. like it ran its course. I, I yeah. guess that's a more like that's probably a nicer way of saying it. So WPLMR ran. Or ah, I keep doing that. Palmer's picks ran its course. We're not there yet in right. the timeline.
1: In the timeline. <laughs> Stay tuned, um,
0: folks. <laughs> So we really found out that we liked working with each other and we wanted to keep that going. So then, you know, 30 episodes was very respectable uh, for what our limited resources and our limit limitations on guests and stuff like that. We still were able to crank out 30 episodes and you were through your work on with the crow and all that stuff. You were in a couple, like you were in like the Cleveland Filmmakers yeah. and uh, organization and stuff like that, and that's what led you to uh, American Movie and Mark Bochard. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, did that happen so,
1: before the the idea for the show?
0: Yeah. So, oh. um, we, uh, you had went up and they screened American Movie, and had Mark Bochard there. And he was selling copies of Coven because he still hadn't hit his mark yet on Coven. <laughs> right. yes. I love that
1: dude. Uh, I listen to it. I have radio. There's a radio show he does out of Milwaukee called Cinema Fireside.
0: Uh, yeah, and they they podcast on SoundCloud. So I, I listen to him every week. I love that dude. <laughs> I'm gonna have to listen to that because it sounds odd. Like just his voice and his cadence is He's worth same listening guy too. Same, yeah. same guy. So uh, and you had got this. I, I get. I don't think it was. I don't think. Actually it was a result of that because we already had the idea because that's when you bought your copy of Coven, you're like, so my buddy and I are making we have this idea for this independent. Do you care if we use Coven for it? Yeah, like a like
1: midnight matinee show as I remember.
0: Yeah. You taught me that term, I think. And uh you were uh you did this great impression of him where he oh, was yeah. like, Sure man, go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> sure that's man, how I go ahead.
1: It. Uh, and uh eventually we uh, even went on to sign like the release form we came up for our little production company yeah
0: absolutely so like we the the plan was it was a, it was a much grander scale of show
1: you thought of this it was, title first too didn't you
0: it, i did like yeah. the mind of philip and yeah, yeah. Uh, uh and it was that like midnight matinee style show uh that's another thing that's another legacy of northeast ohio which right. i guess all of the nation had that, but like we had like big Chuck and little John and we had Goulardi, and we had yeah. son of Goulardi, and Frank and Drack. Uh, uh
1: Do you, are you aware of Frank and Drak? Do you remember? No, them? they were, um, I only mentioned them cause I love them so much. I love them so much. <laughs> and I, I rewatched that 1988 run that they did last year. Uh, so Frank and Drak is another midnight matinee show it was when Fox was still a pretty new network, uh, in the late eighties and they, um, Um, like W-O-I-O-19 Fox, I I guess. They, and uh, it couldn't have been just Cleveland. Anyway, no, maybe, sorry. I think, uh, I think Frankendrack was just Cleveland, but what they did is they had, I think a leftover from probably the, maybe the fifties or something where the universal monster movies were always on television because they were sold at this big discounted rate to, to television stations to just, to air them repeatedly. At a very low cost, so they started to air, uh, the, they would air, the, well, like they started with Dracula, I think, and then they moved on to Frankenstein. They had Frankenstein February nineteen eighty eight. I was already obsessed with, with Frankenstein, but then now because of this television series, every Saturday night eleven thirty or maybe it's a little earlier, they play them, but it, but like in order of how the series went, like uh, oh wow, and um. And then they did the Wolfman after that, and the Wolfman series, and you could watch them all in order. Um, So I forgot. And actually, I went on to do my own kind of... Anyway, never mind. Video Vault, I had a show at WCTV as well, at the same time as Palmer's Picks, actually, before, where I would show uh, stuff from the WCTV archive with some young hosts, but I had an opening montage that was... Or opening sequence that was... a an homage to Frank and Drack but anyway i i i love frank and drack so much there's almost nothing about it on the internet little things here or there at some point i think the guy that played drack posted some clips in the last couple of years but i literally like have a google alert for anything that comes up that's awesome cuz i loved that show so much when i was uh, i would have been 7 or yeah anyway
0: but sorry so mine mind <laughs> of philip was going to be like the, like an homage to that yes to frank and drack ha! <laughs> 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 to those like midnight matinees where, uh, the main character Philip, which was I mean th- th- this was kind of uh, autobiographical too for me because I'm really I I I totally if a movie I I don't rate a movie on whether it's good or bad or any of those things it needs to grab me and suck me in and like if I can escape I totally use movies as an escape to escape my like shitty life and uh to. Go into this other world for an hour and a half to two hours and just be there. So if a movie can do that, it's good in my opinion. And so Philip, the main character, had like this exaggerated, sh- like shittier life than mine. Like it was essentially my life, but it was like exaggeratingly shittier. So like, oh, and you weren't because in the mind of Philip, you worked
1: at a factory. So did you? Yeah, work at like factory I worked at and the an video iron store? factory.
0: Uh, when what what time? I think I was out of the video store by this point. Yeah, because it was in between. I I worked at the factory during the summer in between my like freshman year of college and my sophomore year of college. Okay. Uh, so I was working at the factory at the time. That's when we started mine to fill up. Because that was and like the
1: opening uh, sequence. Had you. We shot some because we shot it on sixteen millimeter film. The opening, and I was not very experienced and didn't have any lights. So the one scene we shot of you coming out of the factory on sixteen just was too dark. I couldn't see it or use it in the opening.
0: Oh yeah. Um, and well, I think we, we shot ended the Palmer's <laughs> picks opening on sixteen millimeter film. I don't think we did Mind of Philip on sixteen. No, millimeter.
1: yeah, because remember, it's like a silent movie. And it's like Philip wakes up and then. Oh yeah, that's right. But, that's uh, right. You're right. But and then eventually we did reshoot something on video where we we showed you coming out of there. But I'm just realizing now that the so our final episode for problem six I think it was in in November of 1999, and yeah. it was by is it I feel like it was January that we were shooting, and uh, and releasing uh, Mind of Philip number one. So yeah, but, but so, so you would have then ended your time. Did you ever do the factory while you were making Palmer's picks or did those two things kind of no, transition at no. the same time?
0: So, um, I was still, my freshman year of college, I was still living at home in Ritman. and that's what made it, okay, like it made it conducive to still doing Palmer's picks because I was home. I would just commute up to Akron. Oh, okay. And then, uh, the summer, I think we did shoot maybe over spring break or something because, uh, Jackson was home from uh, the art institute, and yeah, it got much more. Sporadic, everybody was, I remember. yeah. Everybody yeah. was kind of home. I, it would have been one of those holidays in the spring. We were probably getting started in January, but I think we didn't shoot the first episode, and because we had everybody in that first episode of the Mind of Philip. Um, yeah, yeah, and a big. Uh, well, yeah, we talk, we get to.
1: The conceit of the show, I guess, would be yeah, so, how So, we ended up uh, doing that. So, um, so we I, hit. But see- you got to tell people real quick about the iron. Or, or you got to tell a little bit more about that factory because it was, I've worked in some factory situations, but this was serious, like, business. Oh, as yeah. I,
0: recall. I got, I got, like, I got paid to get dirty and work out. That was the, that was how I was okay with it. Uh, it was a uh, old, old, old iron factory, like the, um, you know, the furnaces were on one half and I worked in the finishing room, uh, which if anybody ever hears this and they work in a metal shop or a metal factory, the finishing room is like the worst room because everything would come out and they used sand form uh, pours. So they would have the sand forms and then they would pour the molten iron into those and then they would go into big giant like rock tumblers basically that instead of like sand being in there was like steel shot like if you were to open a buckshot like a, a shell up for a shotgun that would that's what was inside these things and it would like fire that around and clean all the sand off the parts but then if you've ever done like a model car kit before you have like those are just injection molding plastic and they do that all in one big form and you have like the little arms and risers and you have like the little nipples from where it breaks off of the thing and you you would shave those off with your exacto knife if you're doing a plastic model but when you're working iron you have to use like air compressed air tools to like grind that stuff off and like oh man I busted so many knuckles like 40 inch wheel grinders where which are just these giant stone wheels that you like hold these little tiny minuscule parts up against to like grind off the iron and like I lost so many knuckles that summer and just like, <laughs> it was atrocious. I, it, but I, it's it still to this day is one of the, is probably arguably like my favorite job I've ever had. Oh my and it was, God, just really? like, <laughs> it was just because it was like, I was really good at the work. Like I was really good at it, but I never had to take it home. Like as, as soon yeah. as I would like punch the clock, I was done until my next shift, you know, mm-hmm. like I never had to worry about it. I never had to be like, Oh my gosh, I got to get these pieces out. And I would, you know, I wouldn't lose any sleep over that or anything. And then when I got in there, I would literally, I was getting paid to work out and get dirty. Cause like <laughs> everything was heavy. Cause it's iron. And like the dirt was like, it was just like so much dirt and gross. <laughs> and just like, I ruined so many clothes and like, It would, the rust was so, or the iron was so raw, it would rust when it like, so like the flakes of iron would come off that you're grinding and you'd be sweating because it's 110 degrees in there. And when that iron would like hit your skin, it would instantly rust because it's just raw iron. And so I just remember like being orange. That was like my color that summer was orange because (laughs) everything was rusted from all the iron, like debris and everything. I'm probably still hacking up like rusty iron out of my lungs but oh. it, it's still to this day i would like if i could if i could it paid shit that was the <laughs> thing that sucks. so like but like if i could find that job now making the money i make now like right. <laughs> i would much rather do that job like than any of the jobs that i've had since then just because it was so the people were so genuine and honest and like everybody was making crap money. So there was no like quote unquote office politics of people trying to stab each other in the back to like try to get this promotion or that promotion or get the grace of like the supervisor or anything like that. Like everybody was kind of making the same crap money. So you didn't have any of that office politicky crap. You never took any of that work home. Like again, I never worried about anything once I was done there until my next shift. And yeah, I just like, I remember I was in the best shape of my life during that summer. Cause I was just like lifting these big giant, like 50 pound Y, you know, Y bodies and all this stuff and to grind them out. Oh man, that was a great job. It's so funny. So, Cause I,
1: I would say the same about uh, WCTV for me, not, not about the dirty part or the hard, <laughs> Yeah, just in terms of uh, the job I probably enjoyed most there was sort of because I just got so I it was I would be there in the whole mandate of that place there was no money you couldn't you couldn't be asking for money for things the neither the people on camera or the people right at the studio and um, people would just come in they'd want to make their their thing and I would help them make it and I still to some extent do that I guess in the job I have now I make uh, videos for um university but that's more like i have to make <laughs> i i'm never uh, wanting for anything to do in that job whereas with the and it can be very stressful but um i'm still kind of helping people make their thing partnering with them and stuff but at the wctv cable access job if nobody scheduled time i could just work on my own project so i had both the joy of like helping people make their thing um, using these, you know, sort of skills that I had that could actually help people. <laughs> and, uh, or I could just work on my own thing. Whereas now there's really no work on your own thing if there's nothing going on because there's always something going on. But I guess right. that 19, 1999, man. <laughs>
0: Goes back. <laughs> Goes was back. It
1: a golden year for us. <laughs> so, at least in certain So. <laughs>
0: So, Mind of Philip was just this like. Oh, did you come up ex- with
1: that while you. Did you daydream that while you were working? Or what? I have that no job idea have where that
0: name originated from. Like, what? Because I wanted to. Play, I knew I wanted to play a character. Because we were like, Palmer's Picks died. And so. You were studying we acting were, in college at first, weren't you? Was that at the same time? um No. I switched to that, that after that. Yeah. After okay. mind of Philip, like when I had gotten the taste for this stuff, I was like, well, maybe this is the route that I was supposed to go, which it wasn't. And I'm glad that I stuck with what, with education. Uh, but you're a good actor though. I remember that. And I've seen oh, some of that work recently. I, I, yeah. I still love, I'd love to be, I'd love to get back into that headspace. You know what I mean? Like to be back I'd love to get back to having that level of confidence where I could just like step out of myself Mm -hmm. long enough and be somebody else. Like that would be awesome. Uh, But I knew I wanted to play a character. We, we realized that we want, we worked really well together on, on uh, Palmer's picks and we both, I feel like we both like, yeah, we can go up a notch. Like we can take this up a notch, you know, and see what we can come up with. And so the idea was if we used non-commercial films, if we could find independent filmmakers that wanted to showcase their film in their in its entirety, and we could kind of borrow from this midnight matinee legacy of like old school television, like when there was local networks that needed to fill airtime in the middle of the night. And that's where that that midnight matinee idea came from. Uh, it would allow me to play a character and it just kind of grew into that, like this idea of mind to fill up. And I was, uh, I remember like making the website for it and I like, had business cards and stickers and we had put together a, a little release for people to like, for artists to release, like, yes, you can use our image. Did yeah, we have all yeah. our friends sign a release for, to be actors, like, to, to play characters? I think I what remember. we did at the time actually was just a
1: release for the the movie. We weren't doing yeah. talent releases. Um, but yeah, so we um, we uh, the, I think it, we should probably mention too the idea that so the the title mind of Philip then became that thing where you We use the idea of how you would immerse yourself in the movies to like we would then create um wraparound stuff like at the beginning and end, and then at least once in the middle, because these movies yeah. didn't have commercial breaks necessarily, and they were being shown on non-commercial television. But we'd break right. into the movie and kind of have something that it's as as though Philip kind of became the lines between his real life and the movies were blurred in these in these right uh,
0: themed sketches, which is, <laughs> so yeah, the, the plan gag was like, and the two, I guess we should probably get to that point too, is we only ever made two episodes of the mind of Philip. Yeah. Cause uh, it, was, it was hard.
1: It was kind of hard to do. To it was, it was really people. hard
0: to do. It was like really in depth. And then on top of that, it was like to try to find independent filmmakers that had movies that we could also incorporate Philip around those independent films, you know? Um, so Coven was the first one. And then uh, we did another one, uh, an, an independent zombie movie. But the the gist was like you'd start out seeing Philip in some shitty circumstance and whatever it was he was trying to escape. And then then it would break into the movie. And halfway through, you would see that like crossing over where Philip is now in. The, he's immersed in the movie. And then the gag at the end, when you would come back, would be, he would realize, oh, I'm just in the movie. But yeah. then, was he really in the movie? Like right, something yeah. would like take it just a little, t- you know. And that was the gag. And uh, that man, first, that was
1: that first one with uh, with Coven because we knew that was we knew that we had that movie and the idea. And so our, right. our buddy Larry wrote a script, I believe that took that idea and made it into a scenario. And it, the first one we helped kind of solidify the idea of the show by making the that first thing be... So Coven is about a guy that uh, gets wrapped up in a self-help group that turns out to be more like a cult. And so Phillip's in a self-help group for people, like movie holics Anonymous or something, people with the same... Yeah. Not yeah. the same problem as him, but like... Uh, <laughs> I can't remember. Like one of the, Katie played a girl that was in love with Michael J. Fox, obsessed with Michael J. Fox and, <laughs> yeah. and Log, Logan couldn't only speak in quotes from Jerry Maguire, <laughs> 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 Stuff like that. Oh, uh, so good. We had a bunch of people though. And, uh, we crowded yeah. them in the WCTV studio and dressed it up kind of like, um, like, a, um, yeah, like a kind of a space for a meeting a self-help group of that type had cookies and stuff like you might have. And, Um, I remember we shot it in one really long day and at the the end of it, not from like hollering at people, but I was just like, my voice was gone. I was hoarse and it was, But it was a really uh, fun thing. And then the next one, it's kind of funny because the only two we did are actually sort of notable, feature notable characters outside of even our small circle of friends because the first one, um, Coven has the American movie tie, which was a very successful and fantastic documentary from 1999. (laughs) Um, Yep. um, But then um, the second one was a guy I knew from, and we all, so we had mutual friends. Well, I don't know. We didn't know Sarah then. So maybe I just knew Dustin. But a guy called Dusty Austin from uh, Worcester, which is this uh, neighboring town, the one where uh, Palmer was working at the video store. And this guy, his family owned a video store, and he made movies, and that's how I'd, I'd met him. But his movie was about a zombie hunter. Um, it was called Bakru, is called Bakru, and it's still kind of floating around, especially because the guy that played the zombie hunter is a dude named Josh Kratchik, who went on to um, have a very notable audition for America. Was it American Idol or, or America's Got Talent? Something. America's
0: like- Got Talent, I think.
1: Yeah, and so and he kind of went on he. Um doesn't necessarily look like what you'd think a, a pop singer would look like, but he does look like a badass zombie uh, hunter. <laughs> he he actually did pull off the badass zombie
0: hunter like very very well. And he kind
1: of looked that he looked like that always. I guess he yeah. kind of had this sort of. Um anyway, but so he um he became kind of famous through that. Uh, so that movie has a little bit of a cult following. it. Dusty did uh like vintage VHS re releases of it around the time of the. Krachik thing.
0: Oh, that's so awesome. Um,
1: and then just to bring it sort of, I don't know, full circle or what, but eventually I went on to to write and play music publicly and didn't have near the success that uh, the Krachik did, but I did share a show with him after I moved to here to Minneapolis. So it was like two guys from Wayne County um, playing First Avenue, which is like Prince's Club and Purple Rain. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Um, now, mind you, we were not in the in the Purple Rain room, <laughs> we were in the side right. room. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> anyway,
0: I don't think you need to tell people that part. Just I just don't tell them like, like nobody else will know that. I didn't even know that true. there was a side room. I just assumed there was that it was a club. <laughs> yeah, you just ended that it was Prince's Purple Rain we'll club. Cut that oh that my gosh, out. that's awesome! <laughs> yeah.
1: Like I was up there playing Jungle Love. Oh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> so those were the only two we got to do because that one was too hard. But I remember we were doing. Through that, we were starting to get... The third one was going to be kind of come through this um, uh, filmmaker. We'll call him Crow because that was his nickname. And I met him through the studio, (laughs) through my interest. uh, or Yeah, through my movie kind of based on the Crow comic. He was a guy that liked that sort of thing. And so we became friendly through uh, the studio. And then he was going to do... He wanted to do a documentary on the Crow but kind of use my um, adaptation and story of making it as a kind of means to explore the history of that um, yeah. book and kind of the cultural phenomenon of it. And so he did long interviews with myself and my buddy Jackson who made that, that movie um, that eventually I, he uh, lost interest in and I finished as kind of my own um, autobiographical documentary, I guess, something I've specialized in since, but yeah, um, um, he was around for that recording of the first uh, Mind of Philip, for
0: some reason. He was like one of the cameramen, right? He, like he, well, was... he did
1: a um, he did a behind-the-scenes camera for just a little while, and um, oh, that's right, yeah. I think it was just because he was around because we were working on this crow documentary, and, and he was very impressed with your performance, and um, he was kind of working with us. He was writing a script then, um. Uh, I don't know if we want to name or not. I don't mind, but you might not
0: want to. <laughs> uh, I've worked in. Listen, we. I made like, I made a this crow, fucking crow. Wanted to make this movie. Asked me to do it. I was like nineteen or maybe going on twenty at that point in time because that would have been two thousand. We would have made Mind of Philip in like this through the summer of two thousand. And so I would have been 20 at the end of that summer, and he wanted to. It was essentially—I I don't want to say the title because you yeah, can still no, find yeah. it—and like, uh, but I think it's fair to say it was. A, it was an. I'll I'll be this generous. It was an homage to a head
1: Yeah, yeah, that's like, fair. <laughs> like, how's that? Uh, yeah, no, that's very diplomatic and 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 true. And it is actually. In, Somehow he finished it, and it is kind of yeah. cool in ways.
0: <laughs> yeah, in the, and uh, right uh, and enough. I starred in that, and that was fun, and that was kind of like my first venture out of projects that weren't with Dave. Still, though, recording something. Yeah, and, and he was he
1: was helping us find our third movie. I don't remember if we had a signed release for that one. It was by this filmmaker. we did have
0: a signed release, but I'm pretty sure it was just his oh. email, like a, like an email he had made. Fred Olin
1: I, Ray, I think, was that filmmaker, and the movie yeah. was called. I can't think what was called. It had the craziest video box. Oh.
0: It was like, was it like, it wasn't life form because that's an actual like cult horror. I'm gonna movie.
1: Lo- I'm gonna look up Fred Olin Ray because he is a real filmmaker.
0: Oh yeah, that's a good idea. He was kind
1: of, I mean, kind of an Ed Woody type uh, character. Because um, there, uh, there was a script for that for for that Mind of Philip that was based on that movie somehow. We just didn't. I think. What ended up happening was the the movie with uh, the Eraserhead kind of movie took took over the priority, and we never got back to it. Uh, shoot. Did you
0: find it? Fred Olin? There it is. Yeah. Filmography.
1: Oh, my God. Dude looks like Michael Madsen, at least in his. He does. Oh, my God. Look at these names. Yeah. Teeny Airways, 13 Erotic Ghosts. Oh, man. I'm sad this so this oh this would have been
0: back there we go
1: oh i feel like i'll know it when i see it but
0: i could be look emmanuel 2000
1: that's it it's called biohazard
0: from 1985 biohazard yeah i remember watching that and thinking like this is exactly the kind of stuff that this show is supposed to be showing (laughs) and like um, we did have a script for that, which to be, I, I guess an, an, another, to be fair, like we had our friend Larry and you mentioned him once already, like he was writing the scripts and we yeah, were, we had our little production unit. Whammo. <laughs> yeah. Whammo production. <laughs> yeah. Staff. Oh yeah. That was good stuff.
1: Oh, I've, well, hold on. I got to read the tagline for biohazard that, or the only description. Alien monsters use a psychic to try and take over the earth. <laughs> <laughs> awesome science gone very bad. Anyway, so yeah, we had our yeah. little Wham-O, uh production group, and we had business cards, and we worked as a little team to create these shows, and then it kind of, I guess, the energy shifted over into the to the um the movie we were starring in, and yeah, and then that kind of fizzled out, and I think probably college really took hold. Um, yep, because so we didn't make other. Video things for I think the next thing that you made that I remember is the WPLMR
0: CDs. Is
1: that true? Am I missing anything in between?
0: Yeah, no, I think that's about right. So that would be a jump, I guess. In between there, you made um, you and the rest of the the cabin guys made the Steve album. Oh yeah, so we had a band um, back in the
1: cabin days. the The thing was that people would really play songs one at a time, sing and play guitar. And um, occasionally collaborate. And thank God one of the guys kind of played drums, but it's not like we'd have drums at the cabin. So there were bongos. But eventually, yeah, when we didn't have that cabin uh, thing to return to or some place to always go and where we could find each other and people were away at colleges and coming back on breaks, we decided to have a band and write songs. And it was kind of silly. We were all 21 and not, you know, not especially good musicians, though I do really like some of those songs. But there was a. I guess our our acknowledgement of the joke of it, I guess, was um, by call, calling the band Steve. And we had a that's actually where the Whammo Productions came from because we had a song that was not really a song, but this this kind of rhythmic thing that built to these kind of maniacal um, uh, crescendos. After at and once it reached that point, then there was silence and a triangle hit. I wasn't there for that though. Were you? Is that why the word was said, Whammo?
0: No, I well. Wham o, started from the Blair Witch Party. Oh which is all yes, a,
1: 1999
0: movie. Which that is we another were 99 movie. <laughs> we threw a uh, party. <laughs> I'm going to bring up the damn 1999 list, and we're just going to go through it here awesome. in a second. I that know that's going to happen. Worthwhile. Yeah, that should happen. Um, um, so, uh, at the end, so we were enraptured with Blair Witch because it was like one of the first it, it, for our generation there were found footage movies that existed before that and uh, but I remember Blair Witch just had this amazing uh, media campaign that kind of led up to it and even when the movie came out it was you know they did a great job of not letting any of the actors do any press and so you I in the sci-fi channel put out this documentary on the Blair Witch before the movie was released. And so even going into the theater you were still like is this real? Is this not real? Like what the hell happened to these people? And we all kind of got enraptured with that movie so that when that came out on video which I guess would have been October of 99.
1: Yeah, they fast tracked it from cuz I feel like it came out in, yeah.
0: Dig, in August. Yeah. Uh we did a Blair Witch party, and at the end of it, the production or the the um, the company that had done the DVD conversion. Their company was called Whammo, yeah, and like uh, I think only one was...
1: M, possibly.
0: Yeah, W A M O. Yeah, and I don't even think it was supposed to be pronounced Whammo. I think it was just supposed to be W A M O. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but the movie was over, and we were all sitting around talking about the Blair Witch and everything, and it rolled through the credits, and then it shows those like the the small companies that have to do with something, and that came up, and it said Whammo, and I remember saying like. Whammo, that's a great word. We should say that more. And then it just became an adjective forever. Like it it was just like this punchline that you would just like (laughs) you would just be like something would happen and you'd be like, whammo, like that. (laughs) And like and it just became like our group word. Like we just used said whammo a lot. That's right. uh, Yeah. And then it ended up becoming a steve song like when yeah. that in that instrumental like craziness and then you'd stop and the one ding and everybody'd say whammo
1: yeah the most ridiculous steve song and even the word the band steve name is you know depending on who you ask how it kind of came to be the name was a similar thing for some reason it was just a name bandied about for fun or to be funny i think there's some stuff from like multiplicity where the one Michael Keaton clone is so stupid. He calls, he calls him Steve. He calls
0: everybody Steve. Yeah. I like okay, pizza Steve. Steve. Yeah. that's the.
1: I like pizza Steve. Yeah. I
0: like it. But even uh, all of
1: those things are wrapped up in, in uh, making things, like the party that Palmer mentioned. Um, we've, I've filmed and had my brother help film kind of behind the scenes uh, as we planned the party, which also involved some kind of costume performances of uh, the Dave Matthews song, Halloween, Halloween. Um, some U two uh, thing. Where anyway, we kind of made productions out of. It seemed like almost everything that we did. And when the S- Steve Band thing came about, the only way I could participate was to practice at the at the studio where I worked uh, that we've talked about. And in order to use that space, you have to provide them with programming. So we had the other person that worked there, and I would help facilitate at times. And filming what became a documentary years later. So I sort of, as I mentioned, have a bit of a specialty of making documentaries about myself and my friends and our creative endeavors. And um, I'm working on one of those right now (laughs) about my We're recording one right now. What are you talking about? Right, yeah. Well, I think the hope with this one is that we'll get to a place where this is the uh, the, uh, installment where we talk about who we are and where we came from. And then hopefully from there on, we'll... Just be like, hi, I'm Palmer, and I'm Dave, and talk about other things. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, so
1: Steve happened during that time.
0: And um, I and I got, well, I met my first wife. Oh, and, yeah, uh, you
1: made uh, the some Something Real movie.
0: Um, oh, yeah, Larry and I made uh, Something Real. And uh, there were a couple other films that Larry was really trying to get off the ground. And I was involved in that one That he wanted of me to be a part of. And you wrote yeah. one called um,
1: Love with, like, L-U-V. Um, th- didn't get past the script stage, but I think was yeah. planned to, a short to, to be made. So there, there was, was some that. stuff in there. I yeah, there was I remember being so, so excited. I was so thrilled, because uh, I lived in North Carolina at the time, in, uh, like, 2002 or so, Uh and eventually moved back to Ohio, but when I did come back, or even I might have known that you guys were doing this when I was down there. I was like, oh, "What? My buddies are making movies? <laughs> I can't be there to see it." Yeah. Um, anyway, and we but, made
0: something real, and something real was great. Yeah, I, it is. I, I still have a copy of that, like floating around. That I do was, too. Uh, I have a
1: commentary VHS. I, I don't think I've ever watched oh, it, but I—that's I crazy. Think about it a lot. <laughs> and I'm gonna get to it. I'm. I'm kind of working my way through I uh, might
0: have a commentary DVD somewhere oh, really? actually. Because I think I took that VHS like when I when I re-edited it for DVD, I mean I have it shot for shot on the DVD. Oh, you re-edited then, it digitally so the, for DVD? Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. Oh, I must have that,
1: sir. That's Yeah. <laughs> I'll on. have to I'll
0: have to look around <laughs> and see if I can find that. Um, oh yeah, that needs to be preserved. But uh yeah, so we did something real. That was all great, and then my marriage fell apart, and that's what led to uh, the WPLMR mix CDs. Right. Yeah. So, I was living in my brother's basement at the time, and just like kind of miserable. And uh, I actually listened. Ash and I listened to both of those. We listened to your uh, your album too, which is amazing. I just haven't had oh, a chance yes. to talk to you Thank about you. that yet. Uh, so good. It is totally a Pearl Jam album, which is awesome. Awesome. I'll uh, take
1: that. <laughs> totally yeah, going to make it one is. Of those.
0: <laughs> yeah, it is totally. Um, but, you know, like listening now back to like that first WPLMR mix CD and the second one and the third one is floating around somewhere. I, I, I'm, I don't know if I have a copy of that somewhere or I know it exists, but... Man, I was just so like philosophical in that first one and just like so positive. I wish I was so still positive like that. Um <laughs> We'll get you back there. I was going through <laughs> Yeah, I was like so I was going through like one of the hardest times of my life and I was so positive on that CD. Um But that started like again where you just have that I just didn't want to make just a mix CD like it had to be one one step more. So that's what turned production, it into like yeah. this radio <laughs> style production, um, which then led to actual WPLMR podcast where I did that with independent music. Yeah, so um, that it could
1: be shared as a podcast, not just CDs passed around. But
0: right, right, and then
1: uh, it's kind of that's kind of like not altogether dissimilar from like Mind to Philip or something, except for you actually, you could go out and find the, you know, on the internet now you go out to creative commons and find music.
0: Yeah. And that's exactly how it worked. Like I would spend hours just sifting through looking for one good track on an independent album. I mean, cause that's like, it, that's like the counterside to having all of that at your fingertips. Yeah. It's like, there's a lot to wait. anybody through. can yeah. put something. Yeah. There's a lot to wade through. And so you know you would and and i had some unspoken rules where it was like i i because i love albums i love listening to an entire album not just like one or two tracks so i would want to find something that would be off of an album that would be worth listening to and that made it a lot more difficult oh yeah so it Um, would be
1: you could recommend not just that song but like go check out this yeah yeah check out the whole album i forgot about that
0: That i remember Uh, now um and you were on an episode of that, like when your first yeah. when you put out your first album, like uh, yeah. we had you on. Yeah, and- to catch
1: folks up or just uh, f- equal disclosure. My, <laughs> I lived in North Carolina when I was married, and I <laughs> also had a marriage fall apart um, before, just before yours, or a little bit before yours. And that's what brought me back to Ohio and got me into um, writing my own music again. Like I was in a very bad place, but out of it came something very um, positive. And um, yeah, for the last like uh, ten, ten, twelve years or so, I've been making music under my own name, which is David Allman. And um, yeah, and those a lot of the Steve guys would be still involved, and my brother would produce and stuff. And so that that was kind of how I was continuing on making things. Um, and then yeah, WPLMR was uh, mostly your thinking To have some of us on as guests, um, a, lo- a handful of our friends were. And then how yeah, you know, there was a bit of a break between – so that went through kind of three phases. Like the first one was the mix CDs, then it was like the Creative Commons music. And my favorite parts were always your, your bits. And so eventually you got to a point where that was – there wasn't music, right? Or there was less because you were you – know. Well, the
0: second, the second version of WPLMR, there was no music involved. It was just um, me with a group of people. Just like talking and riffing on each other. Yeah. And my brother was among them. Having a good time. Um, Yep. Your brother, uh, one of our mutual friends, uh, Metcalf, my niece. Uh, We were the core contingent, the four of us. Yeah. And we all had nicknames because, you know, plausible deniability was a big (laughs) part of that. And so,
1: yeah, because that was a really wild uh, we, affair, which was a big part of why it was fun. Oh,
0: it was crazy. It it really was. And I don't know what I was thinking. It could have been so much more if it w- if we would have just dialed some of the stuff back, I think, because then we wouldn't have needed to feel like we needed to beep stuff out or whatever. I, I what's fu- OK, but I do need to come back because this will be a little WPLMR esque story. Uh, I recently – because now we've talked about your first marriage and living in South Carolina and North, uh, my North, first no, marriage. No, North matter. North Carolina. <laughs> sorry, geez, not South Carolina. I don't know why uh, I felt the need to correct that. <laughs> yeah, no, that's okay. It's, there are two separate states. You don't want to lump <laughs> them together, right? And, uh, but I've just recently – for some reason i think it might have been on the road trip when we got together the last couple of weeks when uh my my second and current and last wife <laughs> i'm uh one way or another i'm never getting married again uh i was telling her about when i came down with my first wife to visit you and your first <laughs> oh, wife yeah. on a road trip and i talked about how uh your you know your 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 ex-wife's Apartment, like your guys's apartment, the only color that was in there was white. I I tried to explain it to her. I was like, it was like, it, it was like a Puff Daddy party in there. Like it was just, everything was white. And uh my ex-wife got violently ill in the middle yeah. of the night and threw up Pepto-Bismol and carrots all over your apartment. And I like, that was the first, because I was talking about how like, cuz my current wife and I were on our way to see Dave and his current wife <laughs> on a road trip in the, like a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And I was like this is so weird. This is the first time they're going to be meeting you and I said like please don't throw up all over their house. Like don't throw That's <laughs> don't right. Don't throw yeah. up all over their house. <laughs> oh, that totally happened. Oh, that was so terrible, man. It was, that was so terrible it. from so many angles. Yeah, but it was like, no, it was you terrible. We can't really fault can say people terrible. for
1: that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't remember. Uh, that's a, that's one of the things that re- becomes a funny story.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, it's funny. It's it is funny. Oh man, just thinking of the parties involved in that and like what all was going down. Oh, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah. But that so was the last WP-
1: big. Uh, yeah, the that second iteration of PLMR was that your last kind of big creative foray? Yeah,
0: yeah. I was I, sad uh, when that
1: that that went. That and some of that even survived. Did th- or did that begin in Hawaii even? Or because or, that there was um, at least one from down there, maybe more.
0: I think there was. I think that was like the first version of WPLMR. I took that with me to Hawaii. Oh, because okay. I had recorded some. Like I think I recorded like one of the final episodes of, or maybe I was doing. No, I started WPLMR. Was that right? Because I have episodes because Larry worked with me on those episodes. Yeah. And uh that
1: was a similar like to mine to Philip in that he was going to be the staff writer. I think the term is used again.
0: Yeah, yeah. And uh maybe he didn't like that term that uh, <laughs> yeah, I title. Know.
1: Well, I wonder if that was us trying <laughs> maybe to make that's it happen it was. or him trying to make it happen but it never seemed to stick. <laughs> well, I guess none of the projects yeah. really seemed to stick altogether, but No,
0: uh, none <laughs> of them did. I mean, yeah, that's so for those long-time listeners that are coming back to this first episode of whatever this podcast ends up <laughs> being called. Yeah, they, hopefully uh, we make our, it past either. Th- yeah. th-
1: Let's make it past 30 somehow. Because <laughs> that's yeah, the record. Past, I think I'm 29
0: down. actually is the, uh, I want to say. So we would need to make it to 30. I'll double right? check
1: because I, I definitely want somehow to make their, <laughs> have their be Palmer's pick corners of this podcast that I think will be largely uh, involving movies though i'm sure we'll talk about other things i mean we're talking a lot about ourselves today and that might happen from time yeah. to time but when we first started talking about this it was kind of an idea to keep in touch more regularly but also um just share stuff with each other and then hopefully maybe with find some other like-minded individuals to uh, enjoy them with us
0: yeah no i i i and i'm totally down for that like i think that's i think that's a great I like this how we're just kind of keeping it organic at this point because then it could be anything. I think if we, I I think that that's part of my problem too is like I get bored because I feel like things start getting stale because we like fit into one format so much. Oh, yeah. So the more organic I guess we can keep it, the better it'll be. I mean, maybe there'll be some inspiration at some point down the line. Like I'll write some sketches and we can record those. Those are always fun and uh i mean you never know when you you find uh,
1: you know i spent about 10 years um you know i played music since i was a a kid like imitating buddy holly and stuff and then later pearl jam around that cabin campfire and eventually writing my own music and stuff but if there was a process too of just playing out a ton and you i did not write necessarily very i mean it's like folk pop rock i don't know but it was sometimes it was not always accessible it was my therapy you know in public so but eventually over time i found ways to make it entertaining and at a certain point that became a really a priority of mine of being able to put on a good show and still being creatively satisfied but a lot of that came from like taking note of the bit of the things that worked well and it's like okay let's do that right then. let's make that kind of a part of the show or at least the like a you know a. um an arrow in your quiver is that <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Um, i don't know you're making like the jerk off gesture behind i was you, trying like... to
1: put like you know like green arrow yeah no i am it looks
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah
1: i don't know how the right yeah we're talking it's like if you were in chat. a movie theater
0: you'd be jerking the guy off <laughs> yeah behind I you i mean you'd what... have to be really yeah. well endowed because i have short arms but yeah
1: anyway so yeah so we i think as we stumble across things that are <laughs> worth returning to <laughs> We can make them quivers at our arrow,
0: or arrows at our quiver. (laughs) Jesus, make our arrows quiver. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, So uh, let's
1: see. So uh, uh, we that pretty much brings people up to speed in terms of who we are and how we know each other, and what we might do with this show. It's. You know we've gone on for a little while and I'm not really concerned about uh, a specific length because I know the podcasts that I enjoy, I mostly tune in just to hear the people chat and enjoy the personalities yeah. and I'm happy when they're longer. But um, I feel like we should do one more thing and then maybe wrap it up for, for now. Um, do you want to talk more about names or dig into that 1999 list? Oh, man.
0: We could do both, I guess. We should look at that 99 yeah. list. We should do, we should definitely it's come do up the a 99 today. list. Uh, do you want to talk about though? Like what led to this podcast was, Oh, I, sure. I mean, we've referenced the, <laughs> yeah, we, we've you, referenced like the, everything the else. road trip a couple <laughs> times. So like recently my wife and I got to see Dave and his wife in Minnesota uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, from the time of this recording and yeah. it was the first time we had seen each like it was the first time they met my, my, my wife yeah, and in person, um,
1: yeah. we're talking about video chat now. I, so I'd met her on video chat, but <laughs> that was probably yeah, the last we time I'd in, seen you either in person
0: or online in years. Yeah. I yeah, I hadn't seen you in person since you had moved out to Minnesota. I think Ash had asked me that and I couldn't figure out That's Ash's a nickname. Yeah, After I got to come up Ash with one of those too from Evil, Evil Dead. Dead. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: Ooh. Yeah. I'll have to ask my yeah. wife what her preferred is cuz there's a couple that come to mind. Ooh. I'm going to go with the bride for now. We might change it, but she would like that. Okay. I'm going to call her my bride. Okay. No, because that's possessive. Uh,
0: she would not like that. Let me call her. <laughs> yeah, just don't say my. Why didn't you call her the bride? the bride? The bride. I'll
1: try it. Okay. Yeah. Or yeah. um I could call her Buffy. Though I don't think her Buffy is her favorite. She'd rather be Cordelia. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I'll ask her what she prefers. Or Sydney after Sydney Bristow. She loves that character. Yeah. All right. I'll get her, I'll get her involved mm-hmm. and make sure she's properly represented. Yeah.
0: But it's hard to get better than Ash because that is pretty badass. So we, uh, which is a movie she would never watch. She could never, <laughs> I. she could never watch that movie ever. You know, I watched uh, those,
1: you loaned me those when I moved back to Ohio. I'd never seen those. And that's, I think going to oh, be a big man. part of, I think that's something I'm looking forward to that is based on the, the time that has elapsed. Because if we saw each other every week or so for the last so many years, we'd have talked about a lot of the things I think we'll talk about. On mic and be oh, able yeah. to say like, have you seen this thing? And because you would do that anyways when we did see each other often. And I can only imagine the, the the stock store you have of, <laughs> of books and movies and
0: TV shows. Oh, there's to, so much to to, to hit me. To. So much. Um, but we were talking and you, it was so awesome because I had never heard this story before and I didn't even remember it. But because we were talking about like, oh how like it's so great to catch up and it's so great to talk about all this stuff. And we were talking about projects and how fun it was to work on projects. And you told me the anecdote with our friend Katie, who said she, and I didn't (laughs) remember this conversation happening until you had reminded me about it. Uh, It was during the time of Palmer's picks. And she had said, how do I spend more? Like, how do I hang out with Dave more? And what did I tell her? She said, basically you got to make a show. (laughs) <laughs> you got to make a show,
1: Which and is that's so true. and that like it's true that. It, and but it's like it was so like awesome. It's like why comment not? And yeah, sorry, go
0: ahead. Why not like get to create something while you're hanging out? And so that led to two really late nights of us staying up and drinking beer and like reminiscing <laughs> and talking about awesome stuff and listening to good music and uh, led to this idea of just like us. Having a podcast and as an excuse to hang out and yeah, bullshit. Absolutely. Which I think is perfect. So I've really enjoyed it already. Like, <laughs> yeah. So it's almost 20 years since our first project. Like it's <gasps> it's just shy true? of 20 years.
1: Well, if oh, we did Oh, yeah. No, you're right. Because it's, it's. If, uh, if, if we did
0: like Palmer's Picks in like 99, 98. Yeah. 99. Yeah. It was like January of
1: 99. It's so funny. And we're it's, just it's shy, of shy of that. Oh, so. It's great timing um for a lot of reasons too but I'm I'm also really fresh with a lot of these projects because I had a for the last few years I've been trying to kind of rescue these things. I've had uh I've been making projects mostly movies and I guess music and some other types of stuff since I was since i saw those frankenstein movies and frankenjack that we talked about earlier and like and even before that i it's i i've talked too much about it today maybe get into some of it another time but i've been trying to preserve them because i was um i left some stuff in my parents house and the the basement is like kind of one of those uh, it's a, I've heard the term my my wife's family dirty basements. There's the nice basement, there's the dirty basement, <laughs> and and the tapes were in the dirty basement, so they got moldy. And I was like, oh no! So I became paranoid and wanting to to digitally uh, preserve things. And I had a big hard drive crash a few like in two thousand thirteen. Then I've only just recently kind of finished sorting through all that data. But so I've just been kind of. I've been seeing these projects and I've been trying to actually kind of go in chronological order and, and find, create dates and relationships to know what I was working on when and with whom. And so it was a nice time for me to revisit those uh, things with someone else, because I'm revisiting them on my own and sharing them. You know, most of the stuff I'm finding right now is just stuff I've forced my siblings to be in. So I'll send them to them and they can be like, oh, well, that's like <laughs> that weird uh, baseball, wiffle ball, Sergio Leone movie <laughs> that I was telling you about. Oh,
0: that's so awesome. I got to see that.
1: It's weird. Oh, yeah. Here, I'll, I'll make note <laughs> to send that to you. It's so stupid and violent. Oh, it's so awesome, though. Um. Oh, but in terms... Oh, no, we haven't... Remind me of that chronology thing when it comes to 1999 because I have a, a list thing to mention. But sorry, that was a, right. another of the Long Walk for a Short Drink
0: <laughs> by <Yep>. David Ullman. <laughs>
1: but you I were think that's a great
0: title. Long, a walk. long Walk for a Short Drink. Or yeah, maybe think, just a long you know, walk. That's, that
1: it, yeah, no, a Long Walk for a Short Drink. I like. Where did you? Is that an expression you've always
0: used? I've never heard it before. I got that from week. Ash. I got that from oh, really? Ash. She's like. Well, or it might that's be one of those. For a short drink,
1: it might be one of the because you were telling all these sorts of sayings that she has from um, a certain part of Pennsylvania. I forget which, like the Pittsburgh area.
0: Yeah, the Western Pennsylvania. She's a yinzer. Mm. Fucking yinzers.
1: <laughs> Oh
0: That's uh, awesome. I just, I, that's I my just my alienated so a whole population right there. You know that
1: a lot of in the creek. <laughs> I like the, um, that feels very much to like a way out of a podcast, like a way that's like an acknowledgement. Okay. I just went on and on forever. Um, but it seems like a very much like a wrap up type, like that's the end of the show. Like, well, I guess that was a long walk for a short drink. We'll talk to you next week or whatever. Oh yeah. I like that. Um, that's a, t- I mean, that's a top contender for me. It, it also doesn't tether us to any particular subject, which is nice.
0: Yeah, well, because I got to thinking about that today of how, like, we're going to talk about all kinds of geeky stuff. Yeah, I think
1: it will be pretty geek-centric. And if only in the sense of being, like, psychotically focused on a certain thing. Like, my, I don't know if it's truly, like, it's not fashionable geeky to be into Universal Monsters of the 30s, because I literally (laughs) don't know it another human being <laughs> i can't even seem to find them online it's like but i'm super into that so I, that's one of those definitions of geeky right or nerdy where it's just like you're just really into things and i've heard the expression Absolutely. uh interested is interesting so i think there'd be that kind of geekiness abounding in our conversations
0: no i i i'm i'm kind of digging a long walk for a short drink i think that's a i think that's a great title i i like it too i'm i'm on board for that I, I mean it's you know I I like it. All right, so well, you let's want to work, talk 1999? Yeah,
1: let's let's work our way to I don't to uh to that tagline. Let's have a let's have a long walk right. and, and have that short drink. Oh, so the one so thing I wanted to tell pro- you about 99 oh, th- related, ahead. yeah, it, it, it. it's not actually a, a long walk. It's a short one, but based on trying to find some of those timelines, um, in my this. I say work, but I mean that in like a really lowercase w, you know. It's it's pretty silly stuff some of it. But just the stuff I made over my life. And so I decided that one of the ways that I could help pinpoint um dates was stuff that I was into at the time because I was my influences were always very clearly apparent in my dress and even mannerisms and stuff. So I started to make a list, a spreadsheet of um I'd look at uh, IMDb for the I think it's probably based on the most popular movies of the year. But I would then go through and copy if I if I knew I saw them in a theater, I would put them on this list. And uh I started back Oh, I it started in nineteen ninety. But I do remember seeing Return of the Jedi in in theater and at, at uh, Great Oaks. Oh man. I, I only remember the part where um where the they've just been reunited, the the three heroes and they're in front of uh Jabba. And the job is subtitled. He's talking to to Luke and Han. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so I, I got to put that one on there. But the bummer of this uh, uh, little th- of me mentioning this is I'm only up to uh, the end of 1997. So I, I haven't talked about 99 yet. Um, oh
0: man! <laughs> or I haven't talked. Good. 98 this
1: was a good year for to for me too, but not anyway. So so 99. So you're looking at Wikipedia.
0: I'll let you guide yeah, me through uh, this, or I'll here, ask let you me. Uh, let me sh- do this. I'll just share my desktop again. How's that? Share oh yeah. Screen. Man, how do we want to do this cuz like <laughs> to talk about sure. every one of these
1: movies is just so um overwhelming, but uh
0: so do you see like the ni- 1999 in film? Yeah, yeah. All right. So this this is uh Wikipedia does a pretty good job of this cuz the first thing it, it has is just like the top 10 grossing films from that year. So like you look at it and you're like, Episode One, <laughs> Star Wars episode one, Yeah. Sixth Six. Sense, Toy Story 2, The, the Matrix. Yeah.
1: Tarzan. Tarzan.
0: Well, the Disney animated yeah, Tarzan. Yeah. I just would not have but, thought it mean, would have been up there. Look at Toy Story 2, like beating out an actual conventional Disney animated film there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is like starting to solidify. This is really where you're. I mean, because they had done. Toy Story 1, and then Bugs Life, and then Toy Story 2. And it's like they came back with a sequel, and like it, it still was successful. Uh, Notting Hill, as far as like your rom-coms. You know who loves uh, that movie
1: that you wouldn't think, or at
0: least did, is Jackson.
1: <laughs> really? Yeah. That does
0: not surprise
1: me, actually. <laughs> really? <laughs> not at all. He I don't know why that doesn't that surprise movie. me. Or at least more uh, aware of it than I was, which I, I actually, especially when I was younger, I really loved... Uh, uh, rom Romantic comedy. I, I don't like the term rom com. <laughs> anyway, really? I don't know. Yeah. Sometimes I have problems with acronyms. Or not necessarily acronyms, yeah, but short abbrevi- words. Abbreviations. And... Yeah. yeah depends. I do too.
0: It depends. But I didn't want to use it um, myself. I didn't want to start. World is podcast. not enough. That's a James American Brown? Beauty. That's a James Bond, American Beauty, which ended up winning best Picture that year. yeah,
1: I remember uh, that
0: and then movie. Austin Powers, the spy who shagged me. like that's the second that's one? the top or the first that's the Austin that's Powers. number
1: ten. No, I mean, is that the first Austin Powers or the second one?
0: Uh, that's the first one. Oh uh, wow. the second one was the second I, one was why I uh, think the first
1: one is a ninety
0: seven. I challenge you. Oh, the, wait, maybe that is these a are sequel. the kind of
1: these are the kind of things I know instead of important things. It's not even like I even love Austin. Yeah, Man of Mystery '97 is the first one. Oh, it's the I, second
0: <laughs> film. Oh yeah, Man of Mystery. I
1: wish I knew other things, but I suppose it'll serve me well in this
0: uh, podcast. <laughs> All right, but I'm just gonna I'm just gonna do a quick scroll. We're not gonna spend a lot of time going down through this, well, but like it be- starts in January. Be- well, 8th. before
1: you do that, oh, the, okay. So we'll we'll see those other movies again. I just figured let's throw out ones that we really
0: liked. We don't have to really get into it.
1: What, do you, okay. Do you want to list? list them and say saw or not saw or just kind of move more quickly
0: oh there's so many through, down yeah, through here i don't you know right. if we're gonna well, actually to it's not it. that
1: many months though just throw them out right. we'll say either we saw it or we didn't and some some will have stuff to say
0: like All a right. civil action uh, i did
1: see i yeah. remember robert duvall took i think i've seen that was important to him
0: <laughs> that's yeah um at first sight no um video maybe oh that's val kilmer and mir savino yeah i've he seen i've totally seen that uh, affliction, affliction, I've affliction
1: with Nick Nolte. Hillary and oh, Jackie.
0: Hillary and Jackie. I did not.
1: Thin Red Line. Always that's wanted to. Never. Thin did. Red Line. Have you ever seen that one? Ah, uh,
0: that's the one. That's. I have Char- not Char- seen Char- that Malik. one, but I've yeah. heard that one. I've always wanted to, but I
1: just never been in the right space. Gloria.
0: Gloria still crazy. A cold dry place, and she's all that. I remember a cold dry um,
1: place because that Joey Adams, maybe.
0: Yeah.
1: She's all that, so that's that's January. She's all that. That was when Miramax took a turn from being the Miramax of the 90s to being like that was their sort of bid for that kind of um, what you know, like in the canon films uh, documentary where they started to kind of go for a different thing, like when they were trying to make Superman 4 and um. Just kind of breaking the the mold that made them successful. Whereas for them, that was kind of like these sh- uh, schlocky B pictures. Uh, but for Miramax, they made these you know classy films and kind of cutting edge, cutting edge um, dramas and and stuff like that. But she's all that is essentially like an eighties romantic comedy, and then right. that changed their whole deal. <laughs> anyway, payback. I. um I liked that movie a lot. I was I was a big Mel Gibson. I fan liked in, that a lot until uh, and
0: Rushmore. I mean, years. that's oh like, yeah. I saw that later, but I dig that. That's the first. Well, that's like the first Wes Anderson, right? I think like, Bottle or, like, Rocket the, is the,
1: his the first, but it Bottle Rocket was the yeah. one to kind of take. I mean, this one has Bill Murray, right? Rushmore. Yep. Oh, Simply um, irresistible. That's oh, that was just a romantic comedy with Buffy the Vampire Slayer,
0: but I saw it, liked it. Blast from the Past, there's another Brendan Fraser movie, The Mummy making it to the oh, top I was say. ten.
1: <laughs> so when did Brendan Fraser uh, in
0: Message in a Bottle, you got Kevin Costner, romantic comedy I never there. saw that one.
1: Is that a comedy one, or is that more like drama? I didn't see that one. Uh, oh, I guess that. it is Paul labeled Newman as a and, drama, huh? Yeah, I, it seemed like it was. My Favorite Martian, <laughs> yeah, I didn't see that one.
0: The Christopher Lloyd reboot right there. See, we were rebooting even back in 1999. <laughs> yeah. Jawbreaker, uh, Rose McGowan there, Office Space came out oh, in 99. Yeah. I did not see it in 1999, but
1: I have since discovered and love that movie.
0: Uh, 20 Dates, 200 Cigarettes, Muppets from Space. You know, I mean, this, I've this never is gotten February. into the Muppets
1: movies. That's going to have to be a thing we do at some point. Oh,
0: man, yeah. Ash doesn't like the Muppet movies either. Oh. Well, um,
1: but you you do, don't you? Or especially, oh, yeah, or, I love the Muppet yeah. movies.
0: The brakes. Muppets from Space is a good one. The brakes. I don't recognize that. Uh brakes. The other sister right no, there, Juliette Lewis. That. Yeah. Eight it's millimeter. Eight millimeter is rough. Just...
1: Yeah, that's like about the that's snuff a... film.
0: Yeah, that's like a one timer. You don't need to watch that no. one again.
1: Analyze this.
0: Analyze this. That's
1: when you go back to.
0: So now we're getting into March. The Corruptor,
1: Cruel Intentions. So March, we were making Palmer's Picks as of January. So this is all the era of Palmer's Picks. So this is what we'd have been talking about if we were not talking about library titles. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Um, Uh, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. Cruel Intentions, though, that came up because that's the remake of the Dangerous Liaisons, which is one of um, uh, Bart, I think was her name. That was one yep. of her picks. And I remember her mentioning it was in theaters at the time. That was Absolutely. A pretty, pretty okay yep. movie. Lockstock was cool, as I recall. That was a real different kind of vibe, um, that guy, Ritch- that first Guy Ritchie movie, or at least the first yep. big one and in then, the United States. And
0: it led to Snatch, which this, uh, yeah. that one is still yeah. like, God, that movie's fantastic. And we'll see Ben Affleck on, or Ben Affleck, cheese. Um, Brad Pitt. We'll be seeing Brad Pitt on this list. And in Affleck's the 99 200,
1: 200 cigarettes.
0: Yep. Uh deep end of the ocean. Oh yeah, there's yeah. I had a big
1: thing for Michelle Pfeiffer too for. So there's the, the 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 cinematic sort of actor luminaries of my youth would be um Bruce Lee, Jean-Claude Van Damme, uh Clint Eastwood, Mel Gibson and Michelle Pfeiffer and Christian Slater. <laughs> 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 but like I would watch That's so Isn't that so random?
0: <laughs> That's that list is so spectacular, and it sums you up so well, it's perfect. I mean, there's some other things thrown in there, but... uh And Michelle Pfeiffer. You, Michelle like, name Pfeiffer. off all these all these random people and Michelle Pfeiffer.
1: I was big into the... Especially at Mel Gibson and Michelle Pfeiffer at that... Uh, earlier, like, in the early 90s, but I was watch, catching up on their movies and video. But, so, I was still watching every Michelle Pfeiffer movie at that time, so I saw The Deep End of the Ocean, which... I didn't love anyway. <laughs> A sequel to
0: Carrie. That's. Did you ever there, see that? Because I, uh,
1: I have not. I I didn't. I read about it when I was getting into the Stephen King thing recently, but I didn't look into it.
0: Baby uh, geniuses. Woo. Baby geniuses. Wing Commander. Those were flops. Wing True crime. True, True crime. True crime. Oh, that's uh, directed Eastwood. by Clint Eastwood.
1: Oh, Dennis Leary. Nah, I can't pretend I actually know what that is. Force of nature uh, there it is. Forces ben of nature. And Sandy the, Bullock. That's yep, a fun the movie. The King and I. <laughs> King and I. Doug's oh first yeah, the uh, The King and I with Jodie Foster and Chow Yun Fat. I feel like that was Yep. Chow Yun Fat's a uh, big um he was a Hong Kong action star with John Woo movies came over here. Ed TV. I've always heard great things about that but never seen it.
0: Oh, that's a that's a good one. The Mod Squad and The Matrix came out was the, the last Matrix. one to come out in March like
1: I remember watching The Matrix I mean, with not in theaters, but with you for the first time in your basement, uh, bedroom. Oh, I love that movie.
0: movie. Hugely influential. Uh Cookie's Fortune, The Out-of-Towners, A Walk on the Moon, Go. Uh, a, I, oh, yeah. I remember a lot of people being into Go. I have Go on um, VHS. I remember seeing it once, but I don't remember it super well. A
1: Walk on the Moon. No. Yeah, I'm aware of some of those, but I haven't seen it. Never Been Kissed, yeah. Never so, Been Kissed. Later.
0: All About My Mother. I don't know what that is. I don't recognize uh, that. Goodbye Lover, Life. I don't recognize that either. That's oh, the Life. Eddie I do Murphy remember and that. and Martin Lawrence. Oh, no. Yeah. I was thinking
1: the one with the Brutus I like it. Yeah. I
0: like those two guys. I'm not sure if I ever saw that one. Friends, and, Friends and lovers, lost and found, pushing yeah. tin. There's another Kevin Costner movie. Oh He's yeah. Kevin... Oh no I no no no. I... That's the, I'm thinking of Tin Cup. Oh Pushing yeah, Tin yeah. is the one with uh, John Cusack and Billy Bob Thornton, where they like yeah they go out and watch the the they the, when the planes land, it like blows them across the runway. I, don't um, know if I saw that one. I, I have had a ver- aversion to Billy Bob Thornton,
1: <laughs> so I think I'm gonna skip that. Yeah, that.
0: that's fair. Entrapment. Now, oh, if Michelle Pfeiffer is in man. your list of like infra- influential, uh, Catherine Zeta Jones's ass in the trailer for Entrapment, where That's they legendary. like show her do the laser dance. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I could still replay that in my head. I think it was so. Any,
1: any guy of a certain age, and, and probably women too, but I've just never seen women do it. Um, women into women, I mean, or maybe even not, because how can you deny it? But you can see me, right? I can't see you. But it's always uh, like, if you do this. Sh- so do with your hand what it is, what happens, in that shot. But I gotta be able to see you.
0: She like, like comes in. And no, I like need to just...
1: see. Do it with your, do it with your arm. I gotta see it because I have a suspicion you... it's gonna be. Right now I still got your screen.
0: Oh, oh, because oh here. Let's stop sharing. There. How's that? Am I yeah, back now? Sorry. It's okay. Do it. She like goes in and there like it is. just like there it is yep like All you goes gotta do is up like... and like and her <laughs> yep. ass is like at one point and she like real slow like comes down goes into and, the labor. Oh. That's that's always the same thing. Everyone uses their whole hand
1: and kind yeah. of so if if you're at home kind of put your palm uh you know your fingers together kind of like a karate chop and then kind of put your arm in front of you where the your hand is uh perpendicular to your chest and then kind of bend Bend at the uh, shoulder, kind of dip down. Yeah. Anyway, it's a universal. Song. I bet we could find memes of that because it's absolutely that is so. I don't know. I don't. I don't remember anything else about that movie, but that scene.
0: Yeah, and that was in the trailer. <laughs> yeah, I remember that was like the need. bulk of the trailer was <laughs> that scene. That shot.
1: I mean, oh my god. Okay.
0: Yeah. <laughs> She's in like the leather jumpsuit. It's so crazy. I think it's spandex,
1: uh, which makes it all the better.
0: Ah, uh, yeah.
1: Man. Speaking of Idle Hands, that's the next one on the (laughs) Idle Hands, yeah. (laughs) I don't think I saw Uh, that one, but I was aware of it. The Mummy Election, that's a big one. You'd think I would like the Mummy because of my stated obsession for the Universal Monster movies, but that one's so removed from what those movies are like. It's kind of more funny. I don't know. It's just
0: I had a I like I really like Brendan Fraser movies. Oh really? Nice. like Encino Man, I went to the theater and saw Encino Man with I my remember, brother, I remember seeing like, that
1: at Great Oaks, too. That's where yeah, I saw that one.
0: And he was just... I don't know. I, I like... And this isn't the only Brendan Fraser movie, Like because we saw like Blast from the Past on there. I like Blast yeah. from the Past a lot. I like The Mummy a lot. Um, Airheads. Yeah, I wish. Airheads. <laughs> Airheads was so awesome. Yeah, I enjoyed
1: that movie, too. He, he's so, in a movie uh, about... Um, Called Gods and Monsters that uh, maybe came out the year before, around that time. That is about the director of the nineteen thirty-one Frankenstein and thirty-two Bride of Frankenstein, and uh, he's excellent. That's a, just like a straight drama, but uh yeah, I I like Brendan Fraser. Have you ever seen that thing of the GIF online of him clapping kind of wildly at a? Oh yay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, yes. Unfortunately, that's what I always picture when I see him <laughs> <it>
0: now. <laughs> There's a, I think it's Screen Rant. It might be Screen Rant on YouTube. They put out this. They have a series of why Hollywood won't cast X anymore. Oh. And they have they have an episode of like why they won't cat why Brendan Fraser doesn't make any movies anymore, and they just like list off all these reasons that make sense why they don't get cast in anything anymore. I can't remember any of Brendan Fraser's off the top of my head, but there's an episode. <sighs> On why they don't give him movies anymore. I bet that's a big part of it, that gif. <laughs> <So> <laughs> Probably. I know that so gif cool is it's in that video. It's yeah. Like he
1: can't, his hands don't meet and he's like really uh, bizarrely excited. <laughs>
0: uh, let's comes see to, here.
1: Oh, election. That was kind of, that was a fun movie. Uh,
0: election. Oh, that's tripping. Alexander
1: Payne, the like guy that did uh, sideways later stuff. Tripping. Oh, nice. Know. Endurance. I don't recognize. Midsummer, Midsummer Night's mainstream. Dream. I saw Look of who's in Pfeiffer.
0: that. <laughs> Michelle
1: Pfeiffer's in there.
0: Yeah.
1: Ghost uh, Dog. Oh, Ghost Dog that is
0: a cool movie. Uh, I, Jim Jarmusch, uh, Northeast Ohio guy. Let's just. I mean, Ghost Dog is one of those things that those. It's one of those movies because we talked about like uh, box art, right? Yeah. And the I I can picture the box art for Ghost Dog just in the sense that I used to make fun of it <laughs> religiously because. I I didn't get it, you know, because it's just this picture of Forrest Whitaker, like, in profile, and it's, like, kind of black, and he's, like, standing out in the center of the box, and it says Ghost Dog on it, and I was just, like... The way... It's Ghost Dog, the way of the samurai, which, once you see those things together, yeah, Forrest Whitaker in a hoodie... uh, Yeah, and he's got a samurai sword, like, cutting across them, (laughs) and, like... And I, I just... I used to just... Belligerently make fun of the movie based on the box art. The people bring and, it up to the counter, and you'd be like,
1: what? Yeah, "Oh,
0: probably." <laughs> uh, I used to do that at a blockbuster. Uh, oh, really? Uh, yeah. Will, um, is it Wilbur? Is that the the uh, the one with um,
1: George McFly? Might
0: yeah, be the wrong one. Yeah,
1: he, I've never actually seen that. I think it's Will Fred, maybe.
0: Anyway, but oh, Wilfred, yeah, that's it. And I Chris I used Bing to Lover, make, that's his name. He, yeah, I would make fun of people for bringing that up. I'd be like, you're going to rent this for real. And, I, <laughs> and I'd be like, Wilfred. Like I would say it really loud so that everybody else in the line knew they were renting that movie. Like, oh, I was such a dick. You turned,
1: uh, you turned, you you were like, you were like high fidelity or a one man high fidelity when you were back there. <laughs> like a grumpy yeah. old guy where he's like oh hey you still watch your show on TV oh
0: really why did you come on it why did you email me yeah. then son of a
1: bitch like, oh Wilford it's like when the guy comes in wanting to get Stevie Wonder I just called to say I love you he wouldn't sell it to him he's like go to the mall <laughs> <laughs> there's no way your daughter likes that song oh is she in a coma <laughs> anyway <laughs> I uh, I like thinking of you as the – or like Clerks or something where you're the Randall of the
0: – Yeah, I – well, yeah, I was a dick. It's just <laughs> – but I watched Ghost Dog. Ghost Dog is, like, amazing. It's so good. Like, all the Jim Jarmusch stuff is good Yeah, I remember, pretty like, interesting. Uh, Corey told me about Dead Man, and I watched <gasps> Whoa, Dead Man, and I, I really liked Dead I re- Man I rewatched watched that
1: in the last uh, two years or something, and that was really f- – fun to watch, like, late at night. I lo- there are certain movies that I um, that I know and that I love. Um, Eraserhead is one of um, probably the prime example where I haven't... I'm not as familiar with the movie itself as you would think. And a lot of times it's because I would put it on when it was really dark and it was late, and I would kind of drift in and out of sleep, and they're kind of dreamlike movies like that in Dead Man, where I have... That's part of my love for them, is, like, there's stuff I don't always remember, and there's a yep. general kind of half waking state that I remember a lot, that a lot of the middle of it is, and uh, yeah, Dead Man is great. I um I also really liked Winona Ryder when I was that age, and she was yep. in a lot of stuff, and so I watched all her movies. And one of her movies was uh or at least she was on the cover art for it. It was uh, a movie called Night on Earth. Uh huh. Takes place. It's a Jim Jarmusch movie. It takes place in only in cabs, um, but all around the world, and so it's in various. Uh, languages and that's that's really fun. Honestly, every, every one of his movies that I Stranger Than Paradise is the one he got known for, and that's really fun. God, what is he up to? I hope he's still
0: making great stuff that I can catch up with.
1: <laughs> Dead Ooh. Man,
0: like you watch Dead Man, and you're just like, damn it, Johnny Depp! Like, just can't you just make? Can't you just do that more yeah. of that? Yeah. Less of like what you're doing now and. Yeah
1: stop beating and- your wives <laughs> yeah. like
0: just stop beating your wives stop smuggling dogs into australia because that shit's not cool either and maybe and just don't start making good movies again movie. <laughs> like- yeah yeah how about you break up with tim burton let's start there i like- want him to work more with kevin
1: smith like the the tusk character the gila gila point who's coming back and I- yoga hosers
0: that is probably one of his best characters in the last decade. It's that good. And it just, uh, break up with Tim Burton. <laughs> I think you, both of your careers would benefit from breaking up. I used uh, to watch every Johnny Depp movie,
1: too. And uh, that was, he, he, that was back, back then. I think it really started to turn with Pirates. Uh, but he, yep. almost every movie he made was super interesting like that for one reason or another. Um, so it comes from Ghost Dog to Star Wars Episode to 1. To Star
0: Wars, which we'll pretend like, oh, I mean...
1: It, you know, uh, we never really talked about it, and it would take too long to really get into now, but I did watch on your recommendation those... Uh, the red, Was it
0: Red Letter? Oh, yeah, they're so, fantastic. Yeah, the, the Red Letter reviews of case, the
1: prequels. Yeah, in case somehow someone hearing this doesn't know about them, they're so worthwhile. Can you you probably describe better what what they are than I
0: could. They're they are probably they're some of the best film analysis that I've ever seen. And yeah, they're the,
1: really it's really smart um, what they're saying, especially stuff about story and whatnot.
0: Yeah, the guide well I I really like too where he will take a scene from the original trilogy and say why this was awesome mm-hmm. and then how Lucas bastardized it in the, in the prequels. Yeah. in you a know, really like, ineffective effective way and in an effective way. Uh, I, the one, I guess one of the comparisons that stick out in my mind in those is he talks about the lightsaber fights and he's like, you know, the lightsaber fights in the original trilogy were, were very passionate and, and yeah. passion driven and like real short, like real sword fights. And he shows the shot of like Luke just repeatedly like hitting, vader over and over and over again you know and like and he's like and then in the prequels it just turned into like fancy laser dancing and then they would show like (laughs) this choreographed like over choreographed but it's just really really smart intelligent critical film analysis that's told through a character, which happens to be a man that keeps women chained up in, in his basement. Like, <laughs> so it's you got to so take weird. that that part with a grain of salt and just yeah. really like let the film analysis come through. Because I I don't know. I just feel like it gives a voice to the why the prequel sucks so much. You know, you want to, as a Star Wars fan, you want to say, oh, the prequel sucks so much because they're just terrible. But that doesn't unless you grew up with Star Wars, you don't really understand it. I, I mean, I and I've had people say I've watched the prequels and I like them because they weren't Star Wars fans, you know, or kids really like the prequels yeah, because they're made was, they for the right kids, age and everything. you know. And uh, he really gives a voice, a a, a legitimate, thought out voice to why the prequels are just terrible as far as Star Wars movies go. Um, he doesn't, it w- which is good, too, because he doesn't, like, really bash them. I mean, I'm sure he does in some parts. He doesn't bash them for being bad movies. He bashes them for being bad Star Wars movies. Like,
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. And it's not in that so honest, I mean, it's, like, it's a pretty as you say, it's really sophisticated criticism, but it's presented in that, in this kind of ultra lowbrow way of a guy that kind of talks like this and he can't even really get yeah. the video right. Or so he makes it seem. And, right. uh, and it seems like he's you know talking basically between like s- screen grabs and, and clips from the movie, talking over them, juxtaposed with this like kind of home gritty home video of him, like getting, yep. making pizzas and stuff. But also sometimes, Oh, there's <laughs> someone chained up in the basement. Um, and he- And they're like two
0: hours long. Like each one's like two hours long, and they're like, oh, they're so good, amazing. So if you ever like, if you ever needed good evidence of why the prequels are not good Star Wars movies, (laughs) definitely like they're entertaining. They're worth watching. They're definitely more entertaining than the actual prequels, like the movies they review. Yeah,
1: yeah. I also really like the uh, the documentaries on those discs um, because they're not. So cuz I wanted to like the movies but didn't and uh, I'm always been interested in the stories behind movies making them myself and stuff and and the uh, Yep. <laughs> I I don't like episode 1 but I actually do really like the documentary at least on the no, it's DVD because it's like it's there's no talking heads there's nobody like trying to speak for what they were trying to do or any of that which I often enjoy that as well but it all just sort of it's like a documentary that just shows the process as it unfolds. And there's a lot of
0: clips from that, that he uses to good effect to. uh, <laughs> Yep. I Well, and that's another, like I, that's another piece that really sticks out is uh, even in that documentary, like when they first, the first time they watched the rough cut oh, of yeah. episode one yeah. Yeah. and, and like, like <laughs> they all come out and they're all like kind of quiet and they're yeah, all they're like, like kind of shaking their heads. Like, what do we <laughs> yeah. do? And yeah. like, even Lucas is like, maybe somebody should have, should have told like, maybe there should have been somebody telling me when to like dial it back a little bit. You yeah, know? Or he like, could,
1: you knew you could tell that he thought, and, yeah. and I'm sure they made it better than it was at that point. But um, Ugh, you know, terrible. I'm looking at the, the the people that star in the movie off to the to the right of the title, Over here? and I never knew that uh, Sofia Coppola was in that, the director and Francis Ford Coppola's daughter. Yeah. And Kira yeah. Knightley. So they were other uh they were like the Queen stand ins or the the doppelgangers for her. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess
0: uh, I think that would be a, I well definitely Kira Knightley. It's I under could the see makeup. that. Yeah. yeah. Um man, that's crazy.
1: Yeah, I had no idea yeah. because I mean that's nineteen ninety nine <sighs> is it it's not long after, like two thousand or early two thousands that or maybe I'm wrong about that. When Sofia Coppola does Lost in Translation, that might be a bit later.
0: Oh, that might. Well, let's see. Love Letter, Straight Story, know. Notting Hill. Straight Story is yeah.
1: a, um, David Lynch, uh, even though I've sleep through a race ride a lot. <laughs> yeah. um, I do. Uh, I love all the most of David Lynch's movies, but uh, that's the only one I think I've maybe only seen one time because it's so not David Lynch. Do you ever see that one?
0: That's the one where the guy rides a tractor
1: across country, right? He drives the a tractor country, right? the country yeah. yeah. It's a good little film, but it's just not at all like what you want to see from him. There's Notting
0: Hill, which we talked about. Notting Hill, 13th Floor, <laughs> Instinct. Instinct, Austin Powers, the sequel there. General's uh, Daughter, General's daughter Nor- An Ideal Husband. Nor- There's Tarzan, Big Daddy came out that year. South I- Park, Bigger, Longer, Uncut. I never saw Big Daddy in its entirety. Eventually, I saw oh, man. South Park. That's one of... It- that's like the cusp of like him stopping making happy Gilmore and Billy Madison type movies and more into like family type movies. Uh, oh. I like Big Daddy a lot. that's a it's it's a good one. Oh cool I think actually we have it on VHS from uh, the bride. <laughs> awesome. Uh, Wild Wild West. There's, I oh mean, that's God. like a great like Kevin Smith story. That's a right? steaming pile I, of
1: shit. That yeah, that movie. Present. Yeah, I I mean, I I
0: don't think I've ever watched that movie in its entirety, but I know enough about it just from the Kevin Smith story yeah, about the, the giant one. spider robot. How the development so, of Superman Lives
1: became somehow yeah. Wild West. Oh, look at yeah. it. Okay, so um, uh, Summer I know, Sam. I think I saw that and like that. I got into Spike Lee for a while, but I have not seen all his movies.
0: American Pie. Yeah. Arlington Road, eyes wide, eyes wide shut. shut.
1: I remember that coming out because that was right after he passed, right?
0: Well, you know what we have to do now, right? No, we have to fuck. Oh yeah, that's, that's how that ends. That- <laughs> that's we have to fuck. Right. That's the last line <laughs> of that movie.
1: That's right. Oh man, that's uh, that should be the the, uh, the closer of the podcast. Not not what a long for short <sure>, <laughs> Well,
0: you know what we got to do now, don't you? What we have to fuck. <laughs> And she says it like that. I could do the what. <laughs>
1: oh. oh, man. I've been having so much water, I can't laugh that hard. It's oh. funny, though, because that, that um, one of the podcasts I like is uh, uh, Kevin Smith's producing partner, Scott Mosher, has a side po- podcast that he does very rarely with this guy, Matt Myra, for the Nerdist Network. and um at some point, they felt that they needed a catchphrase for the end of their podcast and didn't have one and arbitrarily picked some line from uh, the movie that Denzel Washington and Mark Wahlberg did together. So at a certain point in the, when they decide they're done, they say, we end this podcast as when each podcast with the, in the immortal words of the two of the greatest actors of our time, let it rain or make it rain. <laughs> it's, so, it's so arbitrary. <laughs> Well, ours would be much better. It's like, you know what we should do now? <laughs> or it's like, you know what we've got to do now, I think. You know, I actually have the book for that sitting right next to me. I'm going to find it. Uh, what the,
0: what got, that last exchange got the, is? It's
1: like a screenplay slash the story it was built on. I was in a real Kubrick phase for a while, and so I bought all these things with some income tax return money.
0: All right. You look for that, and I'm going to keep going down this Oh, list. I got it. Okay. She says, oh, you got it's, it. It's Alice,
1: uh, or no? They're saying about being together forever, uh, Bill and Alice, and Alice's. Anyway, but so she goes. Let's not use that word forever. It frightens me, but I do love you, and you know there's something very important. Oh wait, and you know there's something very important we need to do as soon as possible. What's that? Fuck.
0: Fuck. <laughs> and then it says <laughs> it says Finny
1: like like it's fancy in French. <laughs> <laughs>
0: i, I want to see if i can find the youtube of that last line i remember <laughs> it's not gonna be as good as your reading but it's
1: <laughs> last in the f- line oh it's oh, interesting line. when you type in last line the the it fills in you know the most popular uh thing and it was for back to the future eyes wide shut the final scene yeah uh. just skip ahead like to the last i don't know 15 seconds i bet it would be it I feel like she doesn't say it as aggressively as we we are, but I like our version better.
0: Uh, it's just fuck. such an
1: aggressive thing to say. <laughs> no,
0: but its I remember it being so striking.
1: Oh, yeah, because you don't... Oh, look, it's, it's, in French, it's French subtitled.
0: I can't hear it, though.
1: Oh, you can't? I can't either, but... There, there wait, it is. Wait. <laughs> Boom. Wait. Is credits. Playback devices.
0: <laughs> let's go. I wonder if let's it's be... uh, in English. Uh, let's see here. She's, like, much more breathier. Like, I don't know. Oh, don't yeah. Know how... Yeah, it is kind of soft the way she says it. That's my, my memory yeah. anyway. Yeah. She's but it's like... just
1: the shock of it, I think, affects our memory. <laughs> We're just like...
0: He's like, "What's that?" Fuck. It's yeah. just like, yeah. It's what? a matter of fact when she says it too. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Pretty hot.
1: <laughs> it's it is hot. But that's like that's how he
0: ended this is last movie. Well, and remember fuck. that
1: it opens too with her just taking off her dress. <laughs> like,
0: oh man. Yeah, he was looking to shake <sighs> things up. On that one. So eyes wide shut, like placid. The wood, drop dead gorgeous. Uh, the haunting inspector gadget, which of course Jackson is a uh, cut out of that movie, but yeah. Uh, deep blue sea, the there's the Blair Witch (laughs) came out in July.
1: Oh, see, I thought August, I was wrong. Uh, the Iron Giant, which is still like
0: a great uh, things about that. I've never seen it, have you? Is it? Um, yeah, I've seen it, it's good. Uh, uh, who Vin Diesel does yeah. the voice for the giant? I know, and that's that, what the, I've always, the robot.
1: Oh, it's Gary Marshall. Oh no, that's the no, Runaway that's Bride. The <laughs> Runaway
0: Bride. Yeah. Uh, no, Iron Giant is Brad Bird. It's it was oh, like one yeah. of Brad Bird's like last actual like conventional animated films because he went on to work with Pixar after that. Yeah, I think. Is, is he the uh, is he the Incredibles guy? He is. He I've is. never yep. seen the Incredibles. Can you believe oh, that? Oh man, I look forward I to it. Obviously, but love Pixar uh dick i remember dick did you see that one i'm trying to think Cheryl i have or... a thing for
1: kirsten dunce as well so i i watched all her movies and that so that's the thing one where uh uh it's um like these two ditzy girls somehow
0: uncover watergate i think that's what it is oh, instead of yeah the way it actually I, happened yeah i know I, that's i remember that now Mystery Men. I was just thinking of Mystery Men not too long ago. This one is a movie that I really feel like was so far ahead of its time. This predated like uh, the comic book movies of now. Uh, and it's got Paul Rubin in it, Pee Wee Herman. And yeah. I mean, just looking at this cast, Hank area, uh, Janine Garofalo, Eddie Izzard, Ben Stiller, Greg Kinnear, Bill Macy's in it. Um, let me see, Paul Rubin, Jeffrey Rush, Tom Waits, Tom Waits is in it. <laughs> it. It's just this fantastic movie that if, I feel like if mystery, because it was kind of like this sleeper hit, cult classic-y kind of deal. It didn't do too well in the box office. Uh, it, it got some critical praise. I feel like if they were to make Mystery Men now, it would blow up because it just, it just kind of like pokes fun at the whole superhero genre. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, no, that makes. I actually haven't seen that one, but I was
0: aware of what it was, mostly from the box yeah. art. Yeah, oh. uh,
1: yeah, I bet you're right.
0: It's just so. It's just really good. You should definitely give that one a try because I I really like it a lot. Um, oh, I write it done. Mystery, mystery man. Sixth Sense came out in '99. Oh, yeah. The Thomas Crown Affair, Bowfinger, Larry. <laughs> that was one of Larry's favorites. Yeah, people speak very highly of that. I did see it, but I don't remember it really well.
1: Um, I think I was mostly interested in Heather Graham at the time. I guess you can yep. really tell what age I was. <laughs> when
0: yep. I talk about these movies. All right, I mean, come on. I would I would watch Heather Graham. Like Heather Graham showed her boobs in, uh, in, in uh, Hangover, and you're like, "Yep, she's yeah. still got them." Oh, still on board. She yeah, still anytime. Yeah, still got them. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. <laughs> Detroit Rock City. Mickey Blue Eyes. Teaching Miss Tingle. Look I, at this.
1: Claire Danes got a Claire Danes thing. Universal Soldier, The Return. Oh,
0: yeah. I
1: was not. I love me some Jean Claude Van Damme, but that's not a favorite. I I don't uh, return to that one. The uh, Return, yeah. In, I do not
0: return. <laughs> Into in deep. deep, The 13th Warrior, fantastic movie. That's one of the best book oh, adaptations, really? I think. Yeah. Oh, just book adaptations, period? Yeah. It, like. Oh. It, it, it really holds true to the book very, very well. It's a great movie. I oh, really cool. like that a lot. Uh, uh, the astronaut, astronaut's I wife here's another later. Brendan Fraser. Look at this, Dudley Do Right. You can see the whole, <laughs> the whole fall of Brendan Fraser's career in this one <laughs> in year.
1: <laughs> no, because like, he was get, riding high on that mummy stuff for a while. And that was the yeah. First well,
0: one. I mean, it's like there's there's, uh, um, blast from the past, <laughs> and then which is like. Just this romantic comedy that's really quirky and weird, and it's got uh, I one of our favorites, Walken in, in yeah. There, right? Walken's in there, he plays the dad.
1: I think I saw it. That and was you, uh, the, you know, that's a produced by Alicia Silverstone. She was and she stars little, in that, yeah. Like, she was producing little cool movies like that around that time. I think her first one was uh, Excess Baggage with Benicio Del Toro, oh, okay. and I really, I still really like that movie. It's just a little quirky movie like that as well. And Christopher yeah. Walken's in it, and she had a real fondness for
0: Walken. Um, and then he sets up like he sets up his meal ticket with the mummy in yeah. ninety nine, and he rides. That's really what he rides out into the sunset. Is that yeah. that franchise right? Yeah. Um, and then you got Dudley Do Right, like <laughs> right here. In in a matter of months, you can see like, oh right, he's not going anywhere because we got Dudley Do Right. <laughs> uh, you the astronaut's the wife me- was is okay. I saw that later with Johnny Depp and Charlie Theron. Yeah, but yep. I mean, he was still making interesting stuff there. Uh, the Muse, Chill Factor, Outside Providence, Love Stinks, Is Stigmata. Outside Providence, does that have Alec Baldwin in it? Uh, yes, that movie has the greatest
1: uh, insult. <laughs> Alec Baldwin calls some kid an ass bag. <laughs> <laughs> is that the one I, where I, I it think is that's like... The one.
0: Is that the one where his kid is getting ready to go? Wait, Peter Farrelly, Robert Farrelly, screenplay, Sean. Oh, Hill, that's a Farrelly brother. Alec Baldwin. Is it I gotta I gotta, I gotta look one. and see what movie this is. Is this like is he getting ready to go like to college or something? His son is getting ready to go to college. Is that what that movie I don't is? Know.
1: I remember very little about it other than that I, that's
0: almost the only thing I remember. And I also does he play this like gruff yeah. like blue collar dad? And yeah, like yeah. All right. <laughs> That's so funny that you're like he's got one of the best insults and it's called Ass bag. He also has one of the best it's like my rule of thumb for lovemaking.
1: Oh, really? And because he's like have
0: in that movie, because he's like having the birds and the bees talk with his son, and he's like, having sex is like going to Chinese dinner. It's not (laughs) over till you both get your cookies. And I'm like, (laughs) That's (laughs) That's <laughs> that's brilliant. Like yes, it's not over till you both get your cookies. Everybody gets their cookies.
1: Oh man, so that I mean a lot of there's only a handful of these movies that you read that I wasn't aware of in some way. But that one yeah. I kind of forgot, almost glossed over. It. I just remember that word, um, Providence. stigmata kind really uh, cool. Stigmata, Stir of Echoes, Blue Streak. <laughs> I like Martin America. Lawrence too. <laughs> I, I do. I always find that. Where is that at? Very watchable. Blue Streak was a Martin Lawrence movie. And oh I, yeah, I always, yeah. I just
0: always enjoy his personality and comedy and stuff. American Beauty, breakfast, uh, breakfast, of the champions, mm-hmm. for the love of the game, bicentennial man, double jeopardy, Jacob the liar. See, like even their schlock, even their like, there's the stuff that they're just like, we're just putting it out because it's got these names in it and we know it'll make money. Yeah, even that stuff is that like relatively good. Like that, you know? they don't even make those kind of movies as often. I feel no, like. yeah. Um, the, then you got October 1, Adventures of Elmo and Grouchland. <laughs> wow, is right that theatrical? <laughs> uh, Mystery Alaska, The Minus Man. Three oh, Three Kings. Kings is
1: cool. Yep. David O. Russell stuff is always fun.
0: Random, Random Hearts. Boys oh, Don't Boys Don't, Don't Cry came out. I mean, out.
1: that's a rough movie, but I, I really love it. That's a one-timer. I watched yep. it a little bit for a while. Um, I really like. Yeah, I was a big fan, and actually, Kimberly Pierce, I was so taken by her as the the director of that movie. I was like, "Oh man, what's she gonna do?" And I, I she kind of fell off my radar. I don't couldn't even tell you another movie of hers. Um, but um, when I watched, so I'm going through the Stephen King uh, catalog, and I read the when I read Carrie, I watched the Carrie from the '70s. But then there was the remake. There was two remakes, but one I couldn't get my hands on. But the most recent one with. Um, Oh, the girl from uh, Kick Ass. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's directed uh, by Kimberly Pierce. So I was just Is that little... Chloe
0: Mor- Mor- Moritz something? She's got three names. A, yeah.
1: And I'm looking at Chloe Svang Hughes in uh, Poison Cry. But anyway, yeah, I, I particularly really like that movie, even though it's yeah. tough to watch.
0: There's a really great documentary. It uh, used to be on Netflix. It might still be on there, but it's on the MPAA, and it's about the NC-17 rating. And um, Oh, right. Um, so, like, Kimberly Pierce is one of the directors they talk to. They talked to Trey Parker and Matt Stone, uh, and uh, but a bunch of directors who, like, kind of had to fight that system and yeah. avoid the NC-17 rating. And uh, some of the stuff that they... They pegged uh, to give Boys Don't Cry that NC, like they tried to put the NC 17 rating on Boys Don't Cry. And, uh. Uh, but yeah, that that documentary is great. It really will make you hate the I'm
1: forgetting the title, and I feel like the, 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 co- the, bo- the, well, the. Box this film is, yes! yes, film is like not that. rated or something like that. That's right. That's yep. the one. Oh so, Fight Club. Yep, I remember Club. um I remember you being resistant to Fight Club before before you saw it or maybe even after you saw yeah, it. Yeah, like I
0: was not I I was not into the idea of Fight Club at all and you mentioned Bart she was the one like it I in hindsight I realized it was a date but it was not a date to me. Uh-huh. Oh, really? And so we went Usually out. Usually that and goes it the other out, way around at least in my yeah. life. <laughs> uh and it came out on Sweetest Day, and so we were. I remember we went to. That's an Ohio phenomenon. Uh, it is. It is. Uh, but we went out, and we were going to go see Fight Club, because like Bart had made me read the um, Rolling Stone did an interview with Brad. Oh, Pitt I remember he was wearing a dress, fight. right? On yeah, the- he was wearing the dress in that, yeah. and. Uh, Because I was just, I just wasn't buying into it, and she's like, "No, you gotta, you gotta do this." And so we were in Fight Club, and I remember looking around, and there was a bunch of couples there, and I was like, "I got to be the only dude that was drugged here by a chick to see this movie." Like all these other girls that are here probably got drugged here by their boyfriends, and then I watched the movie, and it like changed my life, you know? Uh, Oh man, that's uh, uh,
1: I, um, I was, I was in because a, I was. Um Brad Pitt was among the people that I followed and watched all of his movies. And yeah. um I one of my favorites was 7, which was their his previous collaboration with David Fincher. And so I was just like those two again, yeah. And and fighting yep. I loved, you know, martial arts type movies and I don't I don't know if I thought it was going to be that. I don't think I really cared, but I was definitely not prepared for what uh sort
0: of mind fuck that was about to be and how Yeah, well, just how and the great other it great is. thing like that was another one that had a like a crazy twist ending and like that was still new in 99 like you had that was a big sense year for you, that. Had, yeah. <laughs> you had fight club american beauty really ended on a twist even though the first line like lets you know what's going to happen oh, but you yeah, don't yeah. expect it and yeah. like uh so oh so many reasons Cor- our
1: buddy Corey I don't know if you know this but like when he was going through some romantic troubles a few years back he in Kind of a life transition, he watched Fight Club every day,
0: and none of that surprises me at all. Yeah, uh, that's the um, Omega Code backs. Story of Us,
1: which, of course, is <laughs> I've watched it because Michelle Pfeiffer, but it's also a kind <laughs> of a it's got the same structure. Rob Reiner did it as when Harry met Sally, which I also really love.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but it's yeah. a one timer, I only saw it the one time. The Omega Code, Bats, Bringing Out the Dead, Crazy in Alabama, The Best Man, Three to Tango, House on Hunted Hill, and Music of the Heart. So that gets us through. Oh, and
1: Music of the Heart is, I also did Wes Craven uh, movies. I only got through 90, I only got through the first Scream, but I started at the beginning. Um, But that was his one. So that's interesting. 1999, you have David Lynch and Wes Craven made, both of them made their own only kind of straight movie, such as it is. Um, It's funny that it happened at the same time.
0: The Bachelor, The Bone Collector, The Insider, Pokemon, the first movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anywhere uh, But the, Here
1: is an early Natalie Portman.
0: The Messenger. Yep. Anywhere But Here. Sorry. It's Dogma. Ooh, love that Dogma. Dogma. That's like that's still my favorite, I think, Kevin Smith movie. That is, yeah. I, that's outstanding. Uh, it's so good. Lighted Up, Liberty Heights, Sleepy Hollow. I like Sleepy Hollow. That was
1: uh, one of their early collaborations I can't early like Herb.
0: Sleepy Hollow just because they never stopped making that I like yeah I, I, that, I think that's
1: that was I think Sleepy look.
0: Hollow is what solidified that look like yeah. the Johnny Depp and uh why am I losing his name now Tim, Tim Burton, Burton look Helena bottom
1: Carter all that kind of yeah yeah like the, it
0: like solidified that it was and so then they just never stopped making that movie yeah Ugh. that's true <laughs> The World is Not Enough, And today's Days, Felicia's Journey, Flawless, Mansfield Park, Toy Story 2, there's November, and then we get into December. So now we're going to get the big like Oscar push, right? Oh, yeah,
1: yeah. And that so, Cider House rules. Yeah. Cider
0: House rules it starts did. right out. Deuce Big Little Male giggle. I
1: love you to say that after the Oscar push. Right? It's a devil I saw both. I saw the cinematic reason, the... The the Lie would be I saw it because I was interested in Ang Lee Really it was right. because Jewel was in it <laughs> uh, I know, uh, yep yeah. You and Jewel Still love Jewel uh. I saw her at the Mall of America perform She has this great uh, Actually her new album is unbelievably great And uh, her uh, memoir came out last year But oh my god That woman is stunning <laughs> <So>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's awesome Intelligent. Uh, <laughs> Anna and the King, Stuart Little, any given Sunday, Man on the Moon. Oh, I remember. Man I love Man moon on the Moon in particular. Yeah, I was just thinking about
1: that because I was hearing someone tell stories about Andy Kaufman, and I was like, I I remember that movie so well as a thing, but I can't remember the things that happened in that movie at all. I can't picture Jim Carrey as Andy Kaufman at
0: all. Uh, oh man, you should give that one a rewatch then, because it's. I remember, the, there's stuff it, but... from that that, that that sticks with me.
1: Oh, good. Oh, Magnolia, yeah. Other, <laughs>
0: other than uh, Courtney Love is in it. Who, oh, really? There's a great, uh, another great documentary on Netflix called Soaked in Bleach, which is like the rehashing of the um, the Kurt Cobain. It's like it, oh. it's the private investigator that she hired around Kurt Cobain's quote unquote suicide. Who ultimately said, I can no longer, like, I'm gonna to continue to investigate this case, but I'm not gonna take your money anymore because you are one of my prime suspects. Ooh. And that's in the movie? And that's like, the, so this documentary, they did like, there's the older documentary called Curtin Co- Court. Yeah, I used to have that on VHS. Um, I and he that one. has like one segment in that documentary about how this is possibly something that happened. Well, Soaked in Bleach is his case file. With, like, dramatizations, like, people playing them in between him talking and there being interviews. But the last, one of the last scenes is the chief of police of Seattle, who was chief of police at the time that Kurt Cobain, quote, unquote, killed himself. On record, like, on the documentary saying, I'm no longer chief of police, so I don't have the authority to do this. But if I were, I would reopen this case and reinvestigate it. Like, wow. I mean, so I'm pretty confident Courtney Love had something to do with Kurt Cobain's death. Um, but that's, there's the man on the moon. There's the long walk for a short time. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's galaxy we'll Quest. the galaxy. Let's see next one. <laughs> uh, Have I you never seen this? One. I'm aware of oh. it.
1: Is that good like Mystery Man is or is it? Oh, yeah. Similar?
0: It's fantastic. It, Sam Rockwell. It It does. It, like does it does what mystery men did for like the superhero genre. It does for like the star Trek genre. It's oh, fantastic. Yeah. Um, Magnolia, which I, I love. I think one of Paul Thomas Anderson's better ones. I don't uh, return
1: to that one very often. Like, I, I find my, I don't have it, but I find myself wanting to watch boogie nights a lot because even though that is a heavy movie in a lot of ways, it is also so just watchable and funny in other parts. Whereas Magnolia yeah. is, Just kind of, I just remember it as so heavy throughout.
0: It is really heavy and like really long, but I think it's like one of Tom Cruise's best performances in there. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. That's
1: that's a tough one to watch, though, because he's so unlikable.
0: But, uh, yeah, that's why, a, that's why it's that's why it's such a great performance. Oh, I so love me good. some
1: Tom Cruise too. I realize this is just me telling me all, telling me all the people I love.
0: i I watched every movie yeah, that this person put out. I watched every movie that this person. Eventually, yeah. I
1: had to kind of stop, but uh, and yeah. I never quite did that with Tom Cruise. But I, I do, uh, I don't do it anymore. But there was there was a especially a, a a chunk of time where I really really dug what he was doing, and that, and that was uh, around there. Talented Mr. Ripley, I saw but not right away. Angela's Ashes, Fantasia, oh, and The Hurricane. Ooh, The I mean, Hurricane. I I uh, had a big Bob Dylan phase in maybe like 2005, and there's a, yeah, and that he, uh, Bob Dylan wrote a song about the hurricane, right? To try to help his uh, cause, and I saw that movie around that time in 2005, and was very I was that, very into like
0: a, I've been through this list probably a, a dozen times in my like since 1999. And even and every time I go through it, I'm like, yeah, this is the greatest year of film <laughs> in my life. Like, it. I mean, even their schlock is good schlock. I I don't know. It's good. It's a good year.
1: I have to do ninety four one of these times. I the I I like a lot of those movies, but in terms of just the remembering the year and the watching stuff, I I think I remember nineteen ninety nine more for the things we talked about because that was the year. Remember, we did. Um, so Palmer's pick started, you know, first episode in early January. And then by the end of the year, and we did like the Blair Witch thing. And I think we did a little, um, one of our friends did a school project on how U2's music was in, involved yep. in our circle of friends. So there's this kind of bunch of stuff we all made as as a group and that various people were on. So I, I remember all those things so much more. And I, I remember at the end of the year, you and I made compilation tapes for people of the stuff that they were in on VHS right. with like a little right. red sleeve. And so uh, I remember these movies, but I, I actually, that, that year more than any other was so filled with just like that, that making stuff that that's, I think I remember more. Well, I
0: think, I think I, I can, I guess my t- my theory on why that is, is we were in the middle of living through 99, right? So we would not have realized how influential that year was. Oh, yeah. Because, like, we would have been a few years back, like, using stuff from a few years back. And, you know, 94 is, like, the year of the independent film, right? Is right, it, yeah. it, like, And for Pulp me, Fiction like, The Crow out. came
1: out, and the, and then I started to make yeah. The Crow. And, yeah. You know, really, but, like, Pulp Fiction um, and... Um, you know, just a bunch of stuff like that.
0: I just really look at '99 as like the quality of films being put out and the variety of films being put out, especially compared to stuff like Hollywood. Now it's just shit. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that's a good
1: year. I can't argue. Can't argue. There's some some favorites amongst those of mine too. Do you, do uh, any that 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 really stand out? You're like, oh, I know we we highlighted a few, but when you first think 1999, what do you think um, like, Ooh,
0: that movie? Fight Club Ooh. is is like number one. Yeah. Uh, the Matrix, yeah. Sixth Sense. Uh, actually, we must have skipped over it. The Green Mile came out that year too. Oh really? Uh, yeah,
1: I didn't. See, I didn't see that. I've actually still oh. never seen that. Uh, I've still never seen Shawshank Redemption. Like I got a lot of work. to oh, do. Oh <laughs> my
0: goodness. You're killing me.
1: I the one time I tried to watch that I think was in '94 or 5, and I was just not emotionally. I, like the first scene came on, and it was even only on TBS, and uh, so I knew it wasn't going to be too brutal. But just the opening scenes of like you can hear these prisoners crying or something, I was like, no, I can't. <laughs> so I still haven't had the courage to go back. Oh man, you gotta watch. You gotta watch it. Like well, if nothing else, in my Stephen King obsession, it's going to come up.
0: Oh, that's true. That's very true. <laughs> My new Stephen King obsession. I'm I'm glad that you're on the Stephen King obsession.
1: Yeah, that's right. Because you were telling me you had uh, also started at the beginning and worked your way through, and you're up to what now?
0: I'm on uh, Leesy story, which that's in the mid two thousands, I think. I never even heard of that one. Wow. Um, and it actually, I I'm really impressed with it. Uh, let me see here. There we go, Lacey's story. Um, this came out in 2006, so that's where I am. Oh wow! In so my you're like Stephen King, thirty years into the career. Yeah. Jeez. Um.
1: Wow. Oh my God! And you said it's taking you about three years, right?
0: Yeah, I've been working on it for a while, like a long while. Do you uh, do you
1: break away and come back to it, or are you just kind of no? With
0: it? I've been going from one Stephen wow. King novel to the next Stephen King novel. That's and, amazing. Uh, oh, I love it. It's it's so cr- – and I've done them all on audio. Yeah, so, that's how I've been doing that too. Uh, um, which is really I, – I mean – and even he will argue that's the way to go. Oh, really? So, oh, that's oh, cool. Yeah. Well, I mean I, I'm sure he wouldn't argue that's the way to go. I say that's the way to go, but he <laughs> loves the audiobook format. He yeah. loves that idea. And uh, – and I love that he fights to keep them unabridged oh, on audio. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you don't. Want uh, I mean, you're getting the full, the stand, and it. Uh, oh, Ooh. it is so good. I know. I
1: have all these iconic things, and a lot of them come quickly in his career. So I, it's like, oh wow, yeah. I got. I did do, do the Shining earlier, and actually, then I did Doctor Sleep shortly thereafter. Um, so I'm oh, going to okay. skip the Shining this time, just so that I can keep, you know. Or you hear a new story because there's, there's, that's the only, those two are the only I would need to skip. But, um,
0: the 80s, I think, are way, way more prolific than the 90s, in my opinion, as far as his stuff goes. Like he, I, I, I mean, the 80s, there's so much that, I mean, even with him personally, because he cleans up partway through the 80s. And, uh, but like Cujo, and which he doesn't even remember writing. Oh, that's yeah, like I remember that's the that. joke, you know. And uh, <laughs> he's
1: like, But I like it, <laughs> just I remember. like it. It's, <laughs> it. I just don't
0: remember it because that was like the height of his like drug days. And uh, he picked the Dark Tower series back up in the 80s, it came out. The Stand, I think, the Stand came out in the 80s. Yeah, there's so much good stuff that comes like that he writes in the 80s that's just so amazing. So, but. Yeah, it's such a fun journey. I'm, I'm excited. I've to, been enjoying uh, it so far, yeah, and I'm so excited I, to have
1: someone to talk about it with.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I have to get. I'll have to get you my uh, my flash drive that has all that stuff. Oh on yeah, it, cause, yeah. Because I, I yeah, I've been getting them through the libraries and stuff, and I think I have the stand which
1: would be next after.
0: Um. Uh, after and the there's, two, so there's two there's <laughs> two versions of the stand. There's like an original version of that. I think I have both of them. Oh. There's an original version of that and then there's like he did an updated version of the stand which then they recorded a new a new audiobook of that. And oh. uh do you have a preference? Um, I think that I mean, I like I like his updates just because he does a good job when he updates it. Unlike, you know, like Lucas doesn't who's like just... call
1: attention to itself or
0: yeah, it really doesn't. If anything, you just get more story. So, um, but yeah, me and the stand is a good one. That's
1: what I've always heard. Yeah. Oh shoot! I, I just stuff. realized how long we've been going. <laughs> it's a long yeah. time. And then I also realized that I wanted to. Hear, you saw Ghostbusters, and you wanted to. But oh no! I, don't know if it's, I mean, when impossible. we start
0: talking about like when we start getting some kind of format hammered out, like we can talk about Ghostbusters. Like it was good. Like should we save it?
1: Oh, it, you did like it though.
0: I I liked it. Like I. As one, one of my friends uh, put it, he's like, you're like one, the only person on the planet, I guess, that liked it. But but I found other reviews. I just don't buy into the whole, it really, when it boils down, like people can't handle their being girl Ghostbusters. I think that's really what it boils down to. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, I found a review that basically it summed up everything that I was feeling about it. Uh, just that it's it's not going to be a timeless classic like the original Ghostbusters I don't think that's gonna happen but it's a good movie in it, on its own so yeah
1: oh, that's good I, I I'm a big fan of each one of those women and uh I like most of Paul Feig's movies and so I was just like yep so just kind of dismayed when I was seeing little clips I was like oh this doesn't seem like it should as funny as it should be. So I want to like it. So I'm, I guess if I want to like it and you did like it, that's probably a good sign that I will enjoy it.
0: <laughs> yeah. It, it it was, uh, it was good, you know, like all of them were hilarious and they all got their own time and they all got to like develop as characters on their own, you know, uh, a lot of analysis on the original Ghostbusters, like, uh, winston like just kind of gets thrown in and if you know like the backstory, like that character was supposed to essentially it's not confirmed but the consensus is that that part was written for eddie murphy oh and yeah that makes sense as uh as time went on like it started become just to become like the bill murray movie like And if you if you really look back on the original Ghostbusters, like it is like the Peter Venkman show Mm -hmm. who just has like he's like leading his friends through this thing. And he's very opportunistic. And so that character, like Winston's character, just kept getting whittled down and whittled down to the point that they knew they couldn't. And and uh, Eddie Murphy at that time was blowing up in his career so they couldn't give this like small bit part to Eddie Murphy; he wouldn't even want it. Yeah. So that's when they uh, gave it to who's that? Ernie Hudson. Ernie Hudson, yeah. I yeah. like Ernie
1: Hudson uh, mostly because think... The Crow, but <laughs> for other, anything I've really seen him in, I, I just dig that
0: guy. Yeah, and he's great as like Winston is great for the like little bit that he gets to be. Winston is awesome. So, but like then this review that I read is it's so accurate because he's like. It's not any one of them. It's all. It's about all of them, and so, uh, which I think that in in a sense, then that they are doing that better than the original Ghostbusters, where it was just oh, about yeah. Peter vankman, You know, Do, so
1: are there are they're kind of direct. I know that they're, they're not related in any way. These that movie, but is it like Kristen Wiig? Is she like the Bill Murray? And uh, it just seemed to, especially like with Kate McKinnon, she looked kind of like Egon. Is there yeah, kind of I mean, I, I think that, that would that be the breakdown
0: that I would I would associate it. So like Kristen Wiig is is Bankman and uh, Melissa McCarthy is Dan Aykroyd and uh, um, Kate McKinnon is is Egon, and then Leslie Jones. Yeah, geez, <laughs> man, is she fantastic? But she like. You get to see her like outside and how she becomes a ghostbuster as opposed to like Ernie Hudson is just like, if there's a steady paycheck involved, I'll believe anything you want, (laughs) you know, like that's (laughs) like that's your first introduction to him, you know, and uh, so, um, yeah, that that is essentially how they try to. But that's really that's really about where the similarities end. is like where you get that initial impression uh, cause I mean, Kristen Wiig is not like a, uh, she is a little bit of a hornball, I guess, but not in the sense that Peter vankman was and she's not opportunistic and she's, uh, yeah, it, it's its own movie and just really, there's so much exposition there. You know how like in the original Ghostbusters, like they're like chasing a ghost blindly through a library and then that jumps to, they have like, they have the containment unit and the Ecto-1 and their proton packs and the traps and everything. All You don't get to see the jump in between them chasing a ghost around the library to them having all that stuff. And this, like, you get the exposition of, like, how their equipment evolves over time and how they slowly get these things put together, you know, I... I I just like it. It was just great.
1: Oh, that's awesome. And it's I, you know, if they're gonna remake it rather than just rebooting things the way that a lot of things are, where it's really, you don't know, add anything new. It's not really for a new audience. You know, what I didn't see it, but like, th- there need to be a point break remake, <laughs> and, right? Right. And this where it's like you have it and you're remaking it with an all female cast and people fem- um, you know, comedians who are in the you know the prime of their career uh at least some two of them and the other two maybe more up and coming but are all just unbelievably talented and um in their own right and then to put them all in one movie with the guy that kind of specializes in making these sort of female ensemble comedies yep. um and then it's like a movie for i'm guessing like for like you know like little girls up to young women to just like that's it's a new sure. thing for new people you know, we've got our
0: Ghostbusters from the 80s. <laughs> and that's like, that, that was another thing this review said was just like, you, you know, you can always go back to the original Ghostbusters if yeah. that's what you're looking for. <laughs> right. So um, I, I told Ash after I saw it, you know, if you're going to do a reboot, like there's, there's certain ways you should do a reboot. And if you're going to reboot a, something that has such a a, a cult following... And that is so near and dear to your heart. You have to, like, you can't just make that again, right? You have yeah. to make something new to try to, like... You're you're not trying to get the same spirit. You're trying to rekindle that spirit, right? So it should pay homage, which it did. Uh Arguably too much it paid homage. Like, there's just... Every scene has some kind of homage to the original Ghostbusters, you know, oh. like, um, in some way, shape, or form. But it does that very well. It lets, It's its own movie. It does that very well. Uh, and, like, you know, people complain about the computer-generated stuff. If they would have had the capability to do computer-generated effects in the 80s when they made the original Ghostbusters, they would have. You know, like... I'm getting tired of people saying, like, oh, they use too much computer stuff. That's just, the like, the times we live in. Yeah. You know, like, you can't – you're not going to get away from it. And I love mm. now that there's, like, this resurgence of practical effects so that when you have somebody that takes the risk on doing practical effects, you can really enjoy it because, I mean – if we go back to the '80s, when all there was was practical effects, there was shitty. There was the majority of shitty practical effects compared yeah, to like really good and ones. Stuff. You know what I mean? And there's there's still really good computer generated stuff that happens. So yeah, it just um, doesn't call it. You just can't tell. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> usually exactly. In the best case scenario, you yeah think oh that's computer bullshit. <laughs> um, yeah. So and I mean you know that I will always defend practical effects. Just because, I think that there is a visual. What if that if that texture exists in the real world? Your brain knows if it like really exists, like
1: right, you yeah. Reach
0: out and touch that thing, or if it just is fabricated. Um, but yeah, I, I I liked it. Totally liked it. Awesome. But, so that's a long walk for a short drink. That's
1: yes, the inaugural episode. Is that the right yeah. term? Inaugural. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Does that mean it's only once a year though?
0: <laughs> no. No, that would be annual. That'd be Oh annual. yeah, okay. Okay. The so, first of well, we hope will be there's many. There's one more thing that's really important that we need to do now. <laughs> What's that? Fuck. <laughs> <laughs>